Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. I mean, um, it, I saw the car coming towards me. I knew which one it was. The other one hasn't got a bonnet, so it's a kind of easy guess. But um, it came towards us. That it's a 12 car. There's a Frankie Monte Carlo, Aaron Tennant's and uh, Parker Thompson machine. I thought, uh, with Parker driving, I thought, oh, fine, coming in for some fuel. But no, it went right down to the end of the pit lane and turned to the right. And that was it. It's behind the wall. So we'll try and find out what it's all about. John. And in GTD Pro, oh. the leader is off the track with dead stick. This Oh, and there's all kinds of head-in-hands moments. Full course yellow, four hours and 54 minutes to go. And Pratt, Miller and Corvette Racing, it would seem, will not be sending the C8R GTLM car, now running in GT3. They won't be sending it off with a victory. Tommy Milner has ground to a halt just off a turn three. Now, there's dirt on the car, so is that mechanical or has he had an incident? The answer is I can't tell you just at the moment. Uh, He's off at driver's right at the top of the hill. His door's open, he's fine. He opens the door, I think, just to get a bit of breath of fresh air through that so this is going to throw GTD Pro wide open and Rishi Competizione will lead that Indy Dunchy from Windward Racing leading GTD now who does this uh, affect in terms of laps well all the GTPs will come in surely see if we can work out what's happened across the line the Corvette was fine coming down to the end of the front straight gets past ah now got past by the windward car, and I think he's uh, already he's got no drive. Yeah. Now he was leaking fluid earlier on in the day. Is that part of the? Is that part of the equation here? And Tommy's just pulled off. That's dead stick. I reckon. I I don't think he had any drive. There's no damage. The dirt on the front of the car is tyre debris and various other stuff. And they're packing up, or at least they're not getting ready for any work soon on the pit wall. As Tommy Milner, with the door open, has put the thumbs up to the AMR safety team who are already with him. And he's asked them to give him a push. He's, he, I think he's going to try and bump start this now that everybody is behind the safety car. He's got it out of gear, which is the first thing to do. Not an easy thing to do, bump start a race car, because they tend to have quite high compression engines. So you've got to get it in a higher gear than the perhaps you would think. Now, he's out of the car. Uh, oh, I know what he was doing. Sorry, that was very sensible by Tommy. He was asking them to rock the car backwards and forwards and give it a push so he could engage neutral so that the recovery can move the car. That very good indeed before he got out of the car that's smashing work the flatbed is there and the roll back on that will be the way that this car comes back to the pit lane race control have asked all cars to pack up behind the safety car well Jeremy 
Another one bites the dust. And yeah. Daniel Sura now leads GTD Pro, GTD Indy Dodgy is ahead of the full GT field. Yeah, the two uh, top contenders in the championship then, both out uh, of the race, it would appear, number 14 and number three. And in terms of the uh, Michelin uh, Endurance Cup oh, yeah. in, uh, in GTD Pro, the uh, number 79 car was, uh, well, after the four-hour mark in this race, number 79 car led by one point from number three Corvette and by two points from number 14 uh, Vassar Sullivan Lexus. So right now, it's looking very, very good for WeatherTech Racing in number 79 car. Yeah, Because they, right. they lead by one point, and it looks like the other two cars are both going to be out of it. The Next up in, in line in the points is the harder racing team, Aston Martin, uh, but they're fully eight points now behind... Uh, the number 79 and uh, where would, did won't, won't be able to make up a deficit. Where did Winwood vault themselves up to at the four-hour mark? They, yeah. were, they were leading the, in, in GTD, yeah. 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 but they, they were quite a long way. But they were nine points behind. Heart of Racing Scenes number 27 car was also leading ah, the MEC right. for GTD. Uh, but they came into the weekend uh, nine points behind them, so that's going to be a, a tall order to overcome it, but it's not impossible. Well, uh, we're getting everybody behind the safety car. Let me give you a quick rundown, as we tend to do. VP Racing in race update. Renger van der Zander behind the safety car. The 0-1 Cadillac leads it from Nick Yellerly and BMW number 25. Harry Tinknell, Proton Porsche. That is the WeatherTech number 59 car. Joseph Newgarden. Yeah, yes, yes, that Joseph Newgarden. Porsche Penske Motorsport in the number seven. Still championship contender there. Uh, Philippe Albuquerque, the number 10, leading the championship after the pole position points were added on yesterday for the Acura ARX 06. That is fifth position. Then Philip Eng for BMW in the BMW number 24. Alexander Sims, Wheel and Engineering, second in the championship. Uh, the number 31 car in seventh place. Timon van der Helm, JDC Miller Motorsports, Porsche 963. And Colin Brown, Mayershank Racing, uh, at the back of the field, but still on the GTP lead lap. In LMP2, it is CrowdStrike Racing by APR and Nolan Siegel that lead from TDS. And Scott Huffaker in second. Let me just check... Now, they're showing a lap between them at the moment. Yeah, I think there's a wave around. I think there's a wave around too. Alex Quinn in third for PR1 Matheson. And then another gap of a lap back to Josh Pearson for TDS. That's your top actually, four. No, I don't think there is actually. Well, the pass around's happening at the moment. And I'm just yeah. trying to see the numbers that are going through and to see if the 52 is among them. Has the 52 just come past us? Oh, no. No, I think he... No, the, Nolan Siegel is a lap ahead now of the... Uh, yeah, bec I, and I think the reason for that is when did last, the 04 cars last pitted on that 168? Right, that was under the previous caution period. So they've stayed out. The other two cars have pitted and they have been, uh, been, been lapped by making that pit stop. 35 laps under the tyres of the CrowdStrike car that leads. TDS, 15 no, I'm laps. wrong. I'm, well... And PR1, 14 laps. Coming around to 15 yeah. laps this time as he crosses the line. Um, so the number 52 car is a lap down. Number 04 and the number 11 are uh, on the lead lap. 
I think. Where's the 11? Uh, I think, yeah, the 11's just got the wave by, Jeremy. The 11's That's just it. got okay, the wave cool. by. The 4 is about halfway down the safety car crew, and the yeah. TDS car, the uh, number 11 car, excuse me, um, has been uh, led through. Yes, the TDS car has been allowed through. Um, in LMP3, Matt Bell for AWA and Garrett Grist were having a cracking scrap and they continue to do so. Gar Robinson, I think, is on the lead lap as well there. So 13, 30 and 74. We've mentioned Indy Donchi leading GTD and Team Kortoff in second in GTD. Uh, between them, they've got recent competition leading GTD Pro. Then it's Wright Motorsport. Uh, next up for GTD, Maro Engel for GTD Pro for WeatherTech, uh, second for them. Then Patrick Gallagher, fourth in GTD for Turner Motorsport. James Collado, third for GTD Pro. Uh, they are all mixed together in that, uh, on that uh, GTD, in that GTD line. Pits have been opened for GTP, so that means our Nick Damon. It's better to get the company, Nick. You've had a little quiet period there. A quiet period, no Joe, and now I've got no the car. There's a, there's a huge amount of anticipation. There's probably about uh, 120 people on the wall, actually, now. <laughs> just standing. It's, 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 you know, they're about waiting to, to greet some sort of, like, Taylor Swift turning up or something. But, um, the uh, yeah, it's eerie quiet now. Ooh, it's quite spooky. And him himself on the PA, it's even worse. But, uh, yeah, so there's, any minute now, there'll be a number of driver changes. Um, some obvious, some more surprising. But I'll tell you when they happen, I'm going to keep it in suspense. Okay. At Emsa Radio, if you like to get in touch. Ah, oh, I love this race. Uh, the long races are just fantastic. And this race down through the years has provided us with uh, so much entertainment. Uh, quite a bit of tangential nonsense as well when we've had rain delays, etc., who will ever forget Nick Damon dancing down the pit lane in the pouring rain before finding... Here we are. Uh, which was the aerodynamicist that you filled 25 minutes with at, on the pit lane? Um, Nick, Nick Worth. Nick Worth, Nick Worth. Yeah. yeah, it was Nick yeah. Worth. All right, you've Here got some come. cars. I've got them now, it's fantastic. Here they all come. Uh, it is a procession of... The, I, mean, I must say, one thing I will say, these are fabulous-looking machines. They really are. They look like racing cars. They're like prototypes. They're all coming in to stop... Together, the uh, 01 Cadillac stops in front of me, and it's Scott Dixon getting into that one as Renga Valazana gets out. The, uh, the WeatherTech car, that's seen uh, Harry Tickle get out, and Jimmy Breeze getting back in again, which is interesting, so we haven't seen Neil Yarny yet. I think JB, Jason Batten, just got into the JDC Miller Motorsports car. Tom Blomquist has got into the 60, and then my eyes go off a bit. Uh, but everybody is doing a complete service. I don't think I don't think anyone's kept their driver on board. Possibly the seven Porsche, but I might just have missed it. The rest of them had the doors open. All firing up. First car away from its pit box is the zero one Cadillac, and that is the winner of pit row. Second is the tell. Oh no, almost are coming together. There's the wheel and Cadillac car. Almost had another accident in the pit lane, but got ahead just ahead of the uh, number ten Acura. And the two BMWs get into those ways, which isn't very clever. Um, and they go off in that order with the last one off the WeatherTech car. But, yeah, so they have all got away again after making massive amounts of changes. I think it was Scott Dixon that got into the It was Scott Dixon, yeah. yeah. It was Scott, yeah. Uh, and going out, I think, in second was Jack Aiken. I think it was the Wheeler car. Yeah, yeah the Wheeler wheel literally kind of barged its way in. And the uh, number 10 Acura went, yeah, all right, perhaps not. Uh, perhaps not with this amount of time left in the race. I won't make an argument about this start-finish straight. They, they came in all one, 25, 59, 7, 10, 24. And I reckon they've gone out all one, 31, 10, 
and possibly then one of the BMWs. I'll have to see them when I, I get it. You know, I don't know. It's the five that's in fourth position. So it's been. Uh, it was so it's going to be all one. Uh, then the thirty-one. Then the ten. Then the seven. Porsche, and then the five Porsche with, as you rightly said, JB for JDC. Thank you, Nick. Damon in the pit lane. The rest of the pit stops for the GT cars coming through as we've got cars coming through at speed on the way by. Uh, Nick Damon is now watching GT cars. Yeah, and the lead car sort of is the 62 racing car, but I think some of the other cars further they may have been stopped slightly ahead. The noise you can hear is the uh, 79 uh, GT3 Mercedes. It was the other Mercedes, the Wimbledon car, actually, the 57 car, that it was leading on the trail as they went out. Both Hartley Racing Machines are now in, both the GT3 Pro and the AM. Uh, again, quite a few driver changes. No driver changes in the 63 Lamborghini that I can see. The door is open on the Reese Competition car. The Iron Dames car not arrived yet. They're waiting there with their insert. There are many laps behind, of course, after their problems early on. Most of these stops now are just coming to the end. The tyres being done. And it's a 16 car. The, uh, that's the, uh, uh, the right uh, Porsche rolls away first by quite a long way. Then there's three Mercedes back to back. It's the 57, the 32, and the 79. And I think the, the uh, Lamborghini has got off fifth. Yeah, fifth and sixth. So, part of racing the two Astons. And what I will say is that the Reese car, which definitely came in the top three, I think it's rolled off about ninth. So, not sure what happened to them, but it could just be that they'll be really, really quickly. Track position, short fueling, possibly, might have happened. So all of the GTPs came in there, uh, Jeremy, just for your uh, chart as you came through. Uh, Scott Dixon has got in the 0-1. Yeah. Jack Aiken came out in second after a brilliant pit stop from the Wheel and Engineering Cadillac. He's taken over that number 31 car. Philippe Albuquerque stayed in the number 10. Conic Minolta Acura, he is now in third. Tom Blomqvist back in the Acura for Maya Shank Racing with Kerb Agajanian in fourth. That's number 60. Joseph Newgarden stayed in the number seven Porsche Penske Motorsport Machine. Jensen Button, JB in the JDC, Miller Motorsports Porsche. That's the number five in sixth. In seventh position, the Conor de Filippi BMW. Eighth, Augusto Farfus back into the BMW M Hybrid V8 that he started. And... Uh, Jimmy Bruni back into Proton competition. Uh, Nick Damon will grab some drivers, not literally, but at least stick a, <laughs> a, a mic underneath their arm. Timon van der Helm out of the JDC Porsche. Timon, um, your first experience in the race itself, how'd it go? Uh, I think the first in went pretty well. Uh, just had to warm up the tyres a bit in the beginning, but after that uh, it went pretty... We closed the gap a bit to Renger van der Sande and uh, Akura. Then I was a bit stuck behind the Akura and I couldn't pass it till the last lap I pitted. Uh, second stint and the rest, I was a bit struggling with the tyres just overall. But I think we should be happy to still be in the lead lap and uh, I think we have all the chances still the last moment of the race. Were you struggling because you double stinted the tyres? Yeah, looks like, yeah. And of course, it's much warmer than you thought it would be, so I suppose that's another reason, yeah? Yeah, I think we, we never did two stints on the tyres, so that was a new experience for now with this tyre. So, yeah, we know that, but still we had to do it because we had no tyres left. 
Do you now have enough tyres to go go new, 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 new? Or will somebody else have to double stint? Yeah, you have to double stint because we only have nine uh, st- uh, nine sets and we have more than nine stints. So, so be it. When you're talking about it's hard to get past cars that you're stuck, are these cars really evenly matched despite being many different manufacturers? I think they match, uh, yeah, quite a lot. Of course, there's a lot, of, uh, some small difference in between, but uh, I think it's not too far off. And I, I like that all the cars are competitive to each other and that we can make a nice race for everybody. Great stuff, thank you, Timon. Thank you. Timon van der Helmer, very, very good stint for him. Interesting that. Interesting comment from a very young driver he's he is a young driver he looks even younger i, I keep thinking the paper boys popped up in the pit lane he is, he is very youthful oh, yeah he is he is young he's not 20 yet i was gonna say he's, he's 18 or 19 no, he's, 19, he's 19, no, he's 19 i think he's uh mm. when's his birthday his birthday is uh january yeah so it'd be january 26 so just 19 years of age the two bmws then came in for a second time did they uh, they came in with everybody else. Okay, well, they just come in again in that case. Oh, okay. Um, so they just did, Nick did say they'd rather got in each other's way there. Oh, okay. So maybe uh, it, they didn't quite get as much uh, as fueling as they were expecting. I've, I've got both the BMWs out on the out on the out on the track, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. No, the the back out again now. But I think I think they made an extra stop. Oh, okay. Uh, the number 25 has been through the pit lane 12 times. That's exactly right. In that case, it was a second stop, yeah. Well, let's find out what the strategy was there because uh, Nick is down in RLL BMW land with Philip Eng. Philip Eng, I'd say fresh out of the uh, 24. It's obviously quite hard work in there. But it's so much fun. Uh, It doesn't matter if it's hard work. It's just those cars around this track is phenomenal. And I... Enjoyed every single second of it, uh, even though the, the fighting was very tough, um, but very fair, I must say, uh, across all categories, across, across all classes. So much good fun. We seem to have uh, quite a good package, and it's still a long way to go, but it's very good fun. It seemed that the two cars got slightly each other's way at that last pit stop. Yeah, I haven't seen the images yet, um, but we lost one or two spots, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it's still so long to go, and as you can see in this race, anything can happen. We just need to uh, stay out of trouble and hope for the best in the end. Uh, and were they brought in again for a? T- did you bring them in again uh, for top off? Yes, that's correct. Was planned. Um, I actually came immediately here, so I, I need to follow up on that one. I mean, it's, 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 it's a great fun. I mean, what, what what is it like? You know, are you going to go back out again for the darkness? Do you get the good darkness, which is even more fun. The last, the first two laps I did in night practice felt very fast. You know, the eyes need to adapt uh, to the speed. Um, there is very little lightning, uh, light, lighting. How do you say, lighting around the track? Um, so it's pretty difficult to see. But then your eyes adapt to it. Um, I'm pretty sure I will get uh, back in because I think I didn't embarrass myself in my two stints. So, fingers crossed. Great job, thank you, Philip. He did not embarrass himself at all, Philip Heng. Great interview again. I'm loving this. Fantastic. We're back to green. Four hours and 35 minutes to go. Scott Dixon led them through 
uh, with a very nice restart. Battles going on further behind with Ricky Taylor looking in the back of Jack Aiken and was very close to the back of Jack Aiken's Whelan Engineering Cadillac for a moment or two. The leader gets away. The battle for second, third and fourth group goes through turn number five over the top of the brow. Sun just beginning to sink into the eyes of the drivers as they come to turn six and turn right-handed towards turn seven. That's where the sun will be setting in a couple of hours' time. Sunset exactly two hours away. Official darkness starting at 7.30. Why is that important? I'll tell you. Because if you haven't done, if you're a driver who hasn't done your night laps and qualified, then you cannot drive beyond 7.30 this evening. And there's a couple of cars that have drivers who have not done that. So back to green flag racing. The last green flag session was only 33 minutes. Wow, so they've got number... The, in LMP2, the uh, era motorsport team has got themselves back on a lead lap. So we heard from Ryan Dale a, a while ago. At that stage, he was two laps behind. Now he's still... He's back on the lead lap with the other leaders in LMP2. So we've got four cars now on that uh, lead lap in LMP2. Number 04, number 11, number 52, number 18, which is a fair way behind because it, it got the wave around but hadn't caught up yes. with the back of the pack where we were at green. But he is back on the lead lap. So that's great news for him. And then the uh, number, the, the next car up is Josh Pearson, car number 35, the second of the TDS cars. He is at one lap down to the leaders. Yes. Yeah, where is he? And then I'm one lap done. behind him is number 88. I'm just trying to find uh, that 35 TDS racing car on the track, and I haven't seen him for a little while but he's out there, he's in the thick of it I think yeah, I think yeah. that's the problem Yeah, uh, when the cars are so close together which is pretty much all the time uh, even our tracker struggles to get them apart it's just a clump of colour that we have on the screen yeah. what a run by the JDC Miller Motorsports Porsche today he's been right over the sharp end of the field Jensen Button JB from uh, World Formula One driver's champion of course in behind the wheel of that car yeah. was given the 52 page manual to uh, read a uh, 52 page manual for the steering wheel controls by the way now this is a man who's driven in Formula One and won in Formula One but not for a while has he driven something this complicated and freely admits that uh, this is probably the most technologically advanced car that he has driven six different paddles on the steering wheel five sets of thumb wheels uh, four calling birds, three French hens and a partridge <laughs> in a pear tree uh, yeah. the team I mean, trying to help him out because everything's colour coded so it, it literally is bronze thumb wheel to number three press the green button twice and then twizzle the blue dial round to D or whatever it is I mean, and so that's how they're talking him through it because he hasn't had that much time in the car in fairness, though, he has tested. They have tested here. I think that's about the mo the most testing they've done, Jeremy. I think mm. that was only their second day of testing since they got the car, and that was here at uh, Mission and Raceway Road Atlanta. Yeah, they might have had one extra test day somewhere, perhaps. Otherwise, that, that was it. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a steep learning curve for him, as it was for Joseph Newgarden. I think I had a little bit more time in the car than Jensen did. Uh, just wondering, that we heard from Philip Eng there on the, in the BMW camp. I'd like to know what happened to the 25 car, the sister car, because that was running in second place prior, 
practice around the pit stops, and now they're right at you know the, the two BMWs at the back of the pack. So, you know, they gave up a lot of track position there, uh, and I'm 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 thinking something might have been slightly awry at that latest pit stop for number 25 car, because they, they had come in during the previous caution period, which they should have needed a little bit less fuel than some of the other contenders. That's a good point. Uh, Kirk has uh, tweeted at IMSA Radio how many laps behind the BMW uh, X40M, X50M, sorry. Um, at 48 laps for two hours and six minutes. Hello to Phil Wayne. And uh, he would like us to mention Ewan Wayne, who's in Budapest tonight, running a marathon tomorrow, raising money for Marie Curie UK with other students from... Lush Barouche University, Loughborough um, University. A very good cause there. And Dave Alcock, hello Dave. He's been with us all day, I think. Says, uh, totally agree with all the characters. It's an absolute joy, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, let's pick up some news from the pit lane. Drivers who are recently out of the car. Jack Aiken now in Wicked. Wheeling Engineering Cadillac. That means Alexander Sims can talk to Nick Damon. Uh, we're just going to move ourselves into an easier position. Uh, Alexander, once again after that pit stop, we saw a massive race off the pit lane to get in the position. But it did go a bit wrong, didn't it, about uh, two hours ago? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, we're so close to the pit exit here that, um, yeah, when, when I got told to launch, I was fully aware, having been looking in my mirror, that the other cars were coming right close to me. So I was focusing on making sure I didn't touch them when I pulled across and then they were right close to me and yeah I saw the pit close light at the last moment but it was just too much risk to slam on the brakes and um, yeah in the end we did actually get a little tap from behind as well so it is it's the way it is um, yeah thankfully we, it was all served and we're back in the race all good luckily early enough to get, get it all out of the way because it was just a, obviously a, a misunderstanding and the car's still absolutely the car's still absolutely fine after that tap at the back yeah yeah, I think we changed the, the tail on it. Um, car feels the best it's been all the time we've been here at Road Atlanta this year, honestly. We've done a, a couple of test days and all three practice here. It's it's now in a really nice window and, yeah, very very little balance issues. Well, Jack's, Jack's actually the fastest lap of the day so far, so it's only going all right. What are the tactics moving forward now? Um, I mean, try and beat our rivals. Standard thing in racing. Try and do the best job as, as we can without any mistakes. Um... I mean, Jack and Pippo have been on fire all weekend, so, uh, yeah, hopefully they can keep the car up front. I mean, we, we all know that it's all about half past seven onwards when it gets dark. I mean, how do you drive these, these, you know, these couple of hours in between? Do you try and do it to keep the car in the best but really, really conservatively? Or do you want to be leading at 7.30? Well, honestly, no. when I was in the car, knowing that it was just the middle of the race, and frankly, you're not going to win the race by, you know, over doing a, a do-or-die move. Um, with five hours to go or whatever. So I was just trying to be smart, save fuel as, as, as much as possible so that when the inevitable yellow comes, you know, you pack up and then boom, you can, you can jump people in the pits. Seems like it's worked quite well. Um, that's got us back in the race from the issues earlier on. So, um, yep, it's going to be fun in the night, though, for, for the other guys. Great. Thanks, Alexander. Cheers. Uh, down by Corvette. Unfortunately, there is a C8R getting no work done to it back in the garage area. Uh, there's a little bit of a powwow going on with the drivers. Some of the bigwigs from GM, Gary Pratt is over here, waiting for an official statement as to what has taken this car out of the race. 
Thanks, Cher. The, the uh, car came to a halt whilst leading its class and just seemed to go uh, hoof. There were, uh, I don't know if you heard this earlier, Cher, so this might, uh, uh, might uh, help with your quest- line of questioning. Says <laughs> sounding like Bradley here. Uh, inform your questioning to the team. There, there was some reports earlier on from trackside marshals and indeed from the number 14 car when sitting behind it, the Lexus, that there was some fluid being uh, thrown out the back of that car. Not sure if that has had a bearing on the demise of the C8R. Onward and upwards, yeah, new car point. next year. A purpose-built GT3. And it will have been built with purpose as well, knowing Pratt Miller and Corvette Racing. So this, uh, you, you talked about that fastest lap of the race set by uh, Jack Aitken just a couple of laps ago. Also, within the last couple of laps, uh, best lap times for the, for the car, set by number 60, Tom Blomquist, and number five, Jensen Button. Didn't take him long, long to get up to speed, did he? Did it? I would have expected nothing different from gents um, he wouldn't have come here without knowing that he would be competitive because yeah. if I know anything about Jensen if, if it was a shopping trolley race around the local <laughs> publics he would have had a test day first to make sure he's going to be okay yeah and he, he, he was it Nick asked the question early on uh, on, the, on, the, on the grid as to whether, you know, whether he, would he be back here next year and but basically, if I enjoy it, was really what he said. Yeah. I hope I enjoy it. Well, I think he's enjoying himself right now. It hasn't taken him long to get up to speed. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's very, very impressive, though. Very few laps. I mean, just half a dozen laps. And there he is, uh, uh, right uh, on the case in that number five car. Another guest, Jeremy, behind you. Bill Verhagen for Hagen. Great for to Hagen see you. Which be, way be is a... it, Neil? <laughs> now, come on. Uh, which is it, Verhagen or Verhagen? Uh, it's tomato, tomato, but uh, I guess I would say in America, Verhagen, so we're going to stick with Verhagen. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to you in a second. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane with more news. Shea, what's the news? Well, I'm back with the number 12 Lexus now. It is in the garage. It's up on the high, high stands. There are five mechanics underneath it with a jack underneath the gearbox. Uh, they are working as if they feel like they're going to be able to get this changed, but clearly it's a transmission issue for the number 12. Thank you, Shea. Boy. Sub this race up so far, the nail. You've been watching it. Come on. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty chaotic, I think, is a, is a good word to, to describe it with uh, a little bit more incidents than I was expecting to see so early on in the race. I mean, we've, we're only just a little over 30 minutes past halfway, so I was expecting to see uh, some more cars on track. But, uh, yeah, the nature of this place is so difficult with the closing speeds of the GTPs with the LMP3s and the GT3 cars. It's so challenging for not just the GTP drivers, but also for the with the slower categories to, to manage that always in the mirror because they come fast. T- tell me about your season personally so far. How's it been for you in 2023? You've been a busy lad. Yeah, it's been very busy. So this year, starting off with the Norschleife for the 24 hours uh, and then the GG World Challenge Endurance with Spa 24. Unfortunately, I uh, couldn't get the result in either of those. It was, uh, yeah, heartbreaking. Ran up front in both of those, unfortunately. I guess it's racing didn't come together, but we'll uh, 
hopefully have another uh, opportunity to attack that again. Uh, and just recently coming back over to the SRO America, running in the GD World Challenge America with Samantha Tan Racing. That's been very successful. So big thank you to Samantha and her team there to bring me on board. That's been uh, super nice. All with the blue and white of BMW, of course, and the M Sport stripes. Which, of course, yes. As I've always said, you can't make any vehicle look worse by putting M Sport stripes on it. Uh, when you look at this championship now and the opportunities here, and you've been close enough to BMW uh, M uh, and Motorsports to have seen the GTP as well as the GT3, GTD uh, progress in the, the last couple of years, uh, how excited are you to be part of this BMW family? Yeah, for sure. I mean, BMW is at the, the top level of IMSA racing now, which is exciting for everybody inside the company to see... Uh, like, for example, at Watkins Glen, fighting for the overall win there. Uh, you know, had great run of races this year so far. Some ups, some downs, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's been very successful. And, yeah, to see that as a driver and to see the, the potential of, of where you could, you know, end up at the pinnacle of uh, sports car racing is, is super cool for myself. Uh, yeah, for me personally, I love the IMSA paddock. It's, it's a super nice place. I think the racing's awesome. It's always super exciting. It always has something going on. Uh, yeah, can't really uh, say any much more good things about it. I'm probably one of the luckiest people in the world, most fortunate perhaps in the world, because actually I'm not lucky at, lucky at all, but I've certainly been fortunate. Um, but uh, I get to travel around the world and talk about motor racing, watch a lot of motor racing. This race, because it was my first US race, particularly on back in 1998, how old were you? No, you weren't born then, were you? I wasn't even a thought back then. Oh, oh dear God. Uh, the Nürburgring. Terrifying, isn't it? I know, I know. I, I think we thought 18, dri 18 drivers who weren't born uh, when Petit Le Mans first took place are in this race uh, this weekend. The Nürburgring Nordschleife is a, a magical, terrifying, wonderful, awesome, lots of superlative places. Do you ever get used to driving around that place do you ever feel totally comfortable i don't think uh anybody will ever feel totally comfortable around that place i think every lap you do you figure out something new you learn something new which is i think what you know makes the place so special you have uh an incredibly talented level of factory drivers that race there competing for the 24 hours mixed with uh, uh a mix of not so competitive drivers that are doing it more for fun and you know the aspect of mixing those two two racing profiles as well as different speeds of cars it man the place is so difficult uh but yeah there's something so special about that as well too the the challenge uh i mean the track itself is already a challenge but to factor in all of the uh all of the above with weather conditions you know other drivers traffic it's it makes i think the race one of the most difficult in the world got the last two hours here tonight in the darkness uh do you like racing in the dark and do you find it easier or harder to race? Something like the Nürburgring. Um, there's less to distract you in the dark because you've just got your headlights pointing at what you need to see. Does that make life easier or harder? Yeah, especially in the Nürburgring, you get like this tunnel vision with the lights, you know, like because you only trees. have, you know, the, there's no lights around the track. It's completely pitch black for almost 20 kilometers of, of racing there. So, you know, once you get, you turn on to the Norse life, it's, you know, all you have is your headlights and it you know creates kind of a tunnel vision and it's there it doesn't seem to be you know always so bad but you know for example like spa this year you know with so many cars on track at the same time you know you have people flashing the headlights you have you know 
so many people that are so close as well too all around the track it I think that makes it a little bit more difficult on the on the eyes where in North Life you kind of just focus on on your uh, on what's ahead of you and the concentration though required is very high around the North Life. What you, what have you got planned? NLS season's finished now. Um, what you got planned between now and the holiday period, and more importantly, what do you think's on the cards for next year? Yeah, that's uh, that's all being figured out right now. So. I wish uh, I actually would know myself, but uh, no, it's... Uh, staying with BMW? Yes, staying with BMW, so that... Uh, I don't know if that's actually officially been announced yet, but uh, maybe I just made that public now, so... Yeah, no, uh, staying with BMW again for... that bit later. <laughs> <laughs> Staying with BMW for next year. Uh, incredibly happy with the opportunities that they've presented me this year and uh, everything that they've done to, to support me through the, through the junior team and now my first year as a full factory driver, so... Um, yeah, no, it's been uh, an incredible journey and definitely, uh, yeah, look forward to what we have in plans in the future. And been fun to race over here again this year as well. To some race at least over Yeah, here. exactly, yes. It's been uh, refreshing. It's been very nice. I've enjoyed every bit of it. So uh, always a pleasure to come back and race in America and hopefully can do some more of it next year. Yeah. Thanks for coming to see us. Hang around for a little bit. We might need you to do a little bit of driver analysis if anything uh, <laughs> anything happens here. Uh, let's just remind everybody uh, here in the US and around the world, we're on 98.1 Road Atlanta FM, XM Series 207, commercial free all the way through for the next four hours and 18 minutes. RS2 around the world as part of the Radio Show Limited network of audio and video channels. And if we're talking about video, the World Feed TV, all free if you're outside the US, uh, with no um, interruptions whatsoever. Uh, we'll be right through to the end of the race uh, on uh, on IMSA.tv and also on the IMSA radio. Just have to go to the uh, little menu button at the top left and it's on the first part of the drop-down menu. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. With an old friend, Kenton Cook. We've been in a position before where you have a chance to win the Michelin Endurance Cup. Now you're back at it again. But hey, when you were driving, you got to the point lead. Should we just stop the race now? <laughs> yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been good. So I'm very fortunate to be a part of this team and uh, be be the third driver in these endurance races to help this team get get an NAEC championship. Uh, obviously, a long race to go here. We'll see what what happens, and uh, oh, hopefully, we can be on the the top step of the podium, and then also get a championship uh, along with it. So. Um, yeah, I hope you sound better. <laughs> yeah, you're always uh, working hard, so I can understand why. Thank you, my friend. Um, does the attention ever shift away from the race win when you are in for another championship? Well, right now it's you know about the four hour, the eight hour, and then ultimately what where we end up finishing after that. Just trying to maximize the points that we get in those those sectors of the race. Uh, so it's just one step at a time, uh, and then whatever comes our way at the end is what what uh, is what comes. Good luck. It is one of the coolest trophies of the year. Yeah, it's really freaking cool. It's so awesome to be here. So finishing it at the lights is going to be fun. Language, Kenton. Language. Four hours and 15 minutes to go. Pass for second place in GTD a moment or two ago. Mikael Grenier, the team caught off Motorsports, had a goal coming up to turn five. That wasn't going to work. And then made it stick going down into 10A. So Russell Ward goes back to third for Winwood Racing. It's Jan Halen now leading for Wright Motorsport in the 16 Porsche. And last race for a little while for Alan Brynjolfsson. 
in the number 77. Uh, Max Root actually in behind the wheel of that Wright Motorsports car. Team car and the machine that's just made the pass has got uh, Catherine Legg's car right in behind. Now, is that Catherine who's driving that car uh, at the moment? It's not. It's Mark Miller. It's Miller time then. And the yeah. green and white NSX just trying to make up another position. Great scraps all the way down that GTD and GTD Pro field as they're mixed pretty well together. Three GTDs, two GTD Pros, two GT GTDs, three GTD Pros, and then a whole slew of GTDs. At the front of the field, Scott Dixon leads by just three quarters of a second now. And in fact, the top three are within a second and a half with Jack Aiken and Ricky Taylor having just closed in. And... Yeah, all of a sudden, that number 10 car closed. It was four seconds behind last time, or a couple of laps ago. He's got uh, a bit of uh, good luck through the traffic, whereas the leaders, Scott Dixon, uh, just hold up just a little bit. But, yeah, Scott Dixon, he is amazing, isn't he? This is his first into the race uh, today and uh, was uh, you know, pulled out a little bit uh, early on in, in his stint. It's been reeled back in again now as he's worked his way through the traffic. But, again, his goal... Is to just to keep that car in uh, in contention, really, because it's like regular season drivers Ringo van der Zander and Sebastian Bourdais who've been yeah, the stalwarts of this season, really, of this uh, team for the last couple of years. And they've had a difficult campaign. We heard from Sebastian Bourdais earlier on, but he knows he's got a fast car here today. Jensen Button closing in on Joseph Newgarden. Battle of the single-seater drivers then in... Fifth and sixth, the red, white and black Porsche number seven and the all yellow Porsche number five cutting their way through traffic. And Jensen at the moment just uh, closing in. McGrenier, lap or two ago, going down the inside at turn 10. A classic Road Atlanta overtaking manoeuvre. Neil Verhagen with us now and... But that is exactly what you want. Nice and clean, respect by both drivers. Yeah, for sure. That's a textbook move there. Uh, Lamborghini's very good on the brakes. I think that's definitely a, a strong suit of their car. Um, yeah, was able to get down the inside, make a clean uh, move, and you can see they have a little bit of pace now. They're pulling away from the Mercedes now, and uh, yeah, it's uh, looking very good for them right now. How much opportunity when you're racing in a on a busy circuit like this is do you get to size up those overtaking maneuvers or do you just basically have to take them when they present themselves how quick is the decision making process yeah i think that's you know all about the risk management because you know with multi-class racing and you know even like right there it's it's just a a cluster of cars at one time and you know with the faster traffic that, you know, we'll check up the, the slower cars and, you know, with a slower car, we'll also check up the faster cars as we see uh, as, a, as we see a GTD car getting stuck in between some of the GTP cars. But, you know, I think the, the main thing there is like, you know, sometimes you can get checked up and it helps you. Other times you, you know, can get free and it also helps you or, you know, you can be on the losing side of things there. So for me personally, I mean, yes. I wouldn't take so much risk before the last uh, couple of hours, but, you know, sometimes there's crunch time and it needs to be done. I know this isn't the same length of circuit, 
as the Nürburgring Nordschleife, but the traffic density actually is quite similar to what you get in the Nürburgring 24 hours. There, there's a, in some ways, an even bigger performance difference, speed difference between the front and the back of the field, despite the fact that you don't have prototypes there. So, are, are you feeling for these drivers now? Can you can you associate with what's going on here? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know my. My fellow colleagues that are racing on me on the Nordschleife are also here this weekend as well, too. And I've been speaking to them and everyone has just been saying, wow, the traffic is, you know, so difficult to, to navigate because, you know, there's so many places that are so difficult to overtake. Like if you cannot get by before the S's, then, you know, it's very difficult to, to get by before the S's. Also, if you get stuck in the last corner, you know, it's just, you know, as a, as a GTP driver, you're just a sitting duck then to, to the cars behind you. As I said, you know, you'll get held up, but you'll also be able to make some time on some people so you know i think this really brings out the best uh, traffic management in sports cars heck of a battle going on between joseph newgarden jensen button then another three seconds further back jimmy bruni conor de Filippi, augusto farfus all carving their way through traffic sort of concertinaing uh, in and out as the sun for the moment goes behind a quite dark cloud but the track temperature has started to drop we got up to 33 34 35 celsius that was triple digits now down to 77 fahrenheit and 25 celsius that track temperature are you feeling that as a driver do you feel that kind of difference between 100 fahrenheit or whatever it was 33 celsius and now 25 celsius yeah, I don't think you feel it as much in the car. You'll definitely feel it a little bit, but you really start feeling it on the tires. Like, the tire life just starts to start coming towards you. You know, you can start pushing a little bit more on the tires. Uh, you know, degradation on the tire becomes a bit nicer as the temperatures start cooling down. Uh, and I think, you know, that's when, you know, you can really start to extract a little bit more out of the cars as the, you know, race starts winding down as well, too, when we start getting into the last couple of hours where the temperatures start to drop even more than, you know, you'll start seeing these more quality lap performances coming out. Yeah, I mean, at Nürburgring, during the 24 hours there, how much does the temperature drop overnight compared <laughs> to during the daytime? Yeah, I mean, it's always cold in the Nürburgring, so there's not a, a really high starting temp, but no, for sure, yeah, when the, when the sun comes down, it gets very cold very fast there. So, you know, that's something that, you know, changes even for, like, the aero cars, like yeah. the DG3 has some aero, but, you know, the air becomes more dense. You get a little bit more downforce as well, yeah. too, and you're able to push a little bit harder. It, it went down to freezing this year at the Nürburgring. During 24 hours? Yeah, it, it was just above freezing point because yes. the heating came on uh, in, in the house that we were staying in. And it, it was really, and it was, it was 28 or 29, maybe 30 Celsius was about the high point just before we started the race, if I remember rightly on Saturday but I remember it being really cold and there being a bit of frost we've had snow there before for yep. the 24 hours and, and for some of the earlier uh, earlier races just want to say a quick hello to the founding uh, founder and original editor of dailysportscar.com Michael uh, Michael Malcolm Cracknell who's been trying to tear himself away from this race since it started what is it half past 10 back in the UK hello crackers sending uh, our best to you and I know you'll be absolutely loving this battle at the front of the field uh, we uh, send you all of our best from the motorsport community here enjoying this one wherever you are around the world at IMSA Radio the class lap times dropping with particularly the Lynx Lamborghinis have gone back to the pace they were doing 
at the start of the the race, and, and, and that's what Neil was talking about there, about the, the, the track. Effectively, you, you wait for the track to come back to you. You're setting the car up for the end of the race here. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the balance of your car can be very different from the start of the race to, to the end of the race, and, you know, it's all about uh, management. That's why we have night practice before in, in the weekend, you know, so you can start to get a feel for where the car is going to be. Obviously, you need the car to be good during the whole race, but, you know, at the end of the race, I think, is a little bit more crucial than the beginning of the race. So, you know, it's trying to preserve your material. It's trying to keep your car in the best condition so that when the conditions do suit and you're allowed to push, then, yeah, then you have the best package available. The ambient temperature now, I think, is about 72. It's supposed to drop by at least 10 degrees yeah, yeah. by the time the end of the race comes around. Uh, yeah, we, we were up over 100 Fahrenheit uh, officially now at 77, but that's going to drop a whole host more track temperature uh, yeah the track temperature yeah, yeah. ambient oh, sorry yeah. ambient yes yeah. my apologies no 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 uh, 70, 73 it says here but yeah I'll, I mean that's still pleasant it's 23 Celsius that's a summer day back in the UK <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hence why we're all wearing t-shirt and shorts in, uh, in here um, uh, setting the car up for the Nürburgring Nordschleife for any race never mind the Nürburgring 24 so what weather conditions and what uh, temperature conditions do you set your car up for all of them yeah, that, that's right. the, that's the, that is it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think in the in the Nurburgring you don't set it up for the conditions. You just try to set it up as you know the most drivable race car possible because you know you might have snow in a quarter of the racetrack. It might be completely dry and sunny in the other part. And it might be raining on the back half. So you know it just is is such a challenging event. Do you enjoy that challenge as a driver, though? Because I mean, sometimes it is survival on the Nordschleife when it's raining particularly heavily or it's freezing cold or you hit a bank of fog. Every lap is an adventure there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think, you know, it's as a driver, it's very difficult because with all the cars on track as well, too, with, you know, different cars with different tires, different rubber, uh, you know, some cars dropping oil as well, too, at some points, uh, dirt, grass, rain, whatever. The track is never the same. You never approach the same corner twice in, in the Norschleife. So, you know, you always have to be reactive and adaptive on, on the Norschleife. It's not something that you can just, you know, be robotic in every single lap, do the same thing, right. because it's just not possible around there. It's almost more like being a rally driver than a race driver, because you're feeling for that grip every time you turn the car in. Yes, of course, you know which corner you're coming to, so you know what optimum it should be, but you're never really sure, are you? No, I mean... You know, I think, you know, it's not a, a huge swing, but, you know, there's definitely some laps where, you know, something was possible the lap before, which is just not possible the, the next lap. So, you know, you, you know, that's where the experience of guys that have done it for so long have uh, where they excel. And, yeah, I love uh, learning from guys like that. Well, this race on your bucket list must be. Yeah, for sure. I think this is one of my favorite American tracks. So this would Mine be a, a, a racetrack that I would love to race at. I think this is a very prestigious event as well. So to be able to uh, hopefully participate would be amazing. Uh, you're listening to the voice of uh, Neil Tomato Tomato for Hagen Verhagen, as he said. <laughs> uh, 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 you're always going to be Tomato Tomato now to me. You know, <laughs> you, know, you know that, don't you? Coming down to the uh, four hours to go, Mark, Jeremy. So that's another swathe of points to be handed out for Michelin Endurance isn't it? No, so, no, oh, no sorry no, no, I'm two no, hours away, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a ten hour race yeah, it's, it's, not it's, a twelve hour race. It's after four hours and then, and then after eight hours yeah, so yeah. not four I, I hours just think, from the end yeah. I, uh, No I extended this race by two hours I was thinking it was a twelve hour race <laughs> um, which has <laughs> yeah, really. been more darkness running. I think we've you know just 
don't tell anybody. We'll just just keep going. Uh, Scott Dixon leads by 2.2 seconds now. And this is a decent long run we're having. And Scott doing his job. He will be uh, saving fuel because he always does. Scott Dixon has the ability to make fuel by some kind of osmosis. That's what he does. Jack Aiken in second for Wheel and Engineering has a 1.3 second gap to Ricky Taylor in third. He's pushing really hard in the Konica Minolta Acura. The second Acura of Tom Blanc raced up into sixth position, another four seconds further back. Then it's Joseph Newgarden and Jensen Button still having that scrap. And Jimmy Bruni just closing in on them as well to make it a three-car battle. Two seconds further back, Conor de Philippe running in lockstep with Augusta Farfus. They are the top nine. They are all on the lead lap. Nick Damon down in the pits. Well, after an incredibly quiet period where no one wants to come and see me, uh, the number nine Faf car. The it's Porsche, not personal, you know. Well, I realize, well you say that. Um, the, uh, the Faf car came in for a fuel and tyre stop and then disappeared away again. Um, interestingly, because they've had so, so many problems with the front of the car, bits were falling off. Uh, there was a kind of a loose strip again at the bottom of the uh, air in, well, the grill in front of the air intake just by the splitter. So obviously the front of that car is finding it very difficult would stay attached to the rest of that car not what you want around here I would have thought LMP two points as they run Ben Keating and Paul Loop Shatnan are three points the champions to Mikkel Jensen and Stephen Thomas with uh, Ben Handley and George Curtin and the 57 points further back but don't forget they are also racing for the Le Mans entry they came into that tide this weekend so basically that is winner take all at the moment Ben Keating already announced as a United Autosports driver in one of two United cars that will be competing in LMP2 next season in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship a dozen cars in that class as performance tech number 38 the fourth place car in its category has gone off at the top of turn number three four hours and a minute and they've high centered the car it's stuck they're not going to get that car off that is an out lap for that car and the full course yellow comes out with exactly jeremy shaw four hours to go now who got into the pits in time brian thien's on his outlap, he was going slowly, but maybe not slowly enough. Oh, he got a touch. He just got a touch from the Ferrari. And that was the 12th placed uh, GT car. And I reckon that was, uh, well, which of the cars was that? That must have been the... Uh, on a Frio Triazi driven 0-2-3 yes it was so that's going to be a penalty there proof again of just how difficult it is to get heat into the tyres on the way out pit stops for LMP2 shit Adam the 0-4 from CrowdStrike Racing came in Nolan Siegel got out of that car Ben Hanley took it over and beat out onto the fast lane the number 52, Pierre 1, Matheson, which also came in. That was Alex Quinn driving it into the pit lane. Paul Chaton taking it out. Yeah, there was about a couple of seconds between those two in that in that same order as they came into the pits. And I think they, they just about beat that full course caution. I will check because we can do such things. Uh, at uh, The 0-4, yes, Nolan Siegel, he was in 
about three or four seconds before it was called. Ooh, in that case, the 52 would be very, very close. Uh, the race control, let me see. Race control called it at uh, 40 minutes and six seconds past the hour. Nolan Singh came in at 40 and three. However, Alex Quinn came in at 40 and seven. So a second afterwards. But again, it will depend whether they were at the commit line and already in the pit lane. There's a camera there for precisely that because there is a good second or so before you hit the pit lane speed marker, which is where the timing tells me that they're in the pits. I think he's probably going to be okay on that. That incident under review uh, at the top of the hill. Uh, Neil Verhagen's with us. So difficult on cold tyres coming out. And the prototype driver there, really struggling, trying to keep out of out of the way. Um, he, Brian Thins is uh, underway again with some damage to the left rear of that car. How much can you... You've driven here before, haven't you? You must have driven here. Before. I have, yes. Yes. How much over the top can you see as because the pit lane comes out and then the car disappears over the top? What would that Ferrari driver have seen as he turned into turn two? Nothing at all? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, I'm not sure where he was relative to the LMP3 coming out of the pits. I don't know if he would have seen that the car was coming out slow. This I wasn't really seeing too much. I just saw the back end of it where, where the LMP3 was in the wall. But, yeah, it's a tricky one, obviously, because you don't expect sometimes, and I think the what really catches people out is the GTPs when they go so slow coming out of the pits because, you know, they're fighting for their life just to stay on track, but they're going so slow that, you know, they're, they're essentially the slowest car on track at the moment for however long it is until their tires get warmed up. So I think that can really catch some drivers out, you know, especially if you haven't spotted that and you've came flying over the hill going into turn three. It's and, pretty committed there, isn't and it? And it is a very committed corner, and all of a sudden there could be a stopped car, and that makes uh, eek. Like, life very <laughs> difficult, yes. <laughs> is that an eek? moment <laughs> yeah that's uh i think a lot of moment there <laughs> <laughs> so we are under four hours to go uh, we are in uh, another period that we see the oh it's a it's a different it's a different uh, safety car we've changed the bmw x50m uh to well at least a different color as we are working our eighth full course yellow uh, that brought to an end a 34-minute 34 minute, 34 minute green flag run. A dark, nice dark blue with copper highlights on the BMW, the big BMW safety car with the twin-turbo V8 for hundreds and plenties of... But let me correct power. you, that is the XM with the, the hybrid XM, V8. Yes, so the hybrid is the XM, yes. same engine as in the... Uh, GTP car that we have here so that is the significance of the new XM which is uh, yeah quite the road car uh, we had a, a little turning born earlier in the week or at least Nick and Joe did and they brought us into the circuit uh, uh, on Thursday in it it's very very comfy in size uh, Nick Damon talk of polyogonal uh areas of the sunroof from that XM uh, BMW which you liked a lot but you've got some uh, BMW prototypes coming out I've got every sort of prototype all kinds of prototypes as Dana might say these days rather than everything and uh, they all stop now I don't think that anybody is going to take uh, going to take a driver oh no I turn a light there's a change on the 10 car so that's changed um, but look at the other side the 60 no that's the that other 
Acura's not stopping. Uh, the, the two um, customer Porsches are pulled in. It's a button staying aboard, but no. Jimmy um, Jimmy uh, Bruni's got out of that after just half an hour, and, and it looks like Neil Yarny is taking over the uh, the Proton car. So Yarny has got into the Proton car. Sticking the same, they have the the two uh, BMWs again. Seem to they are they are actually uh, I mean a bit of a sort of a. A look at the driver's belt. So they're possibly the 24 change driver. The 7, the only uh, Porsche is still in competition. That's also now sitting down. But that's just tyres as well. And well, the amount of wheels for going nowhere on the 25 to try to leave its pit box is unbelievable. One final point. Just before this mayhem started, the 38 Andretti car, the P3 car, came down the pit lane with a very deranged rear left. And straight behind <laughs> We had three P3s come into the pit lane and take sticker tires during that stop. Riley was one of them, the number 30 for Junior 3, and the last one was AWA with their number 13 machine. Thank you, Shea. Uh, we're pit back timing Shea's voice to the end of the race, by the way, uh, this evening. Neil, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, young man. Thank you uh, so much seems, for having me. Seems like a while since I've, I've seen you. Uh, I think I have seen you since you were in the UK for Team USA. I must have bumped in you in some Oh, stuff. he's come into the booth in yeah. Daytona a few yeah, times. Yeah, of course. There you go. Yeah. Uh, keep the good work. Enjoy the holiday season. And when you can, let us know. Come on Midweek Motorsport and talk about next year's plans, OK? Perfect. Thank you very much for having me, per usual. Thank you, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to always be up here and talk with you guys. Uh, let's go down to the pits where the GTs are in. Whisper, Shay. Whisper. <laughs> You can see three of the GT3 leaders. We've got the number right, uh, 16 right motorsport car into the pit lane. Looks like John Halen is staying aboard for now, but getting new tires. For Rexy, she's in. Saprio staying in the pit lane. Kerjanet taking over. New tires there. The new tires also remembered Mercedes, but a drive change at Bolt. It's now Trent Hitman aboard the number 67. Uh, both harder racing cars in, both the Aston Martins, and both of them have changed drivers. Then we have the 62, the uh, car is going on, so they're all come through. There's the weather check, the state of the 79. Oh, the, the, the 16 car, which was the first off the pit lane last time, the, uh, the Porsche, that's only third this time. So there has been some excitement in the pit lane, a change of order. Uh, the right motorsport car along with the first car, and a phalanx of machines now going... Uh, uh, no to tell, apart from, of course, the Risi Ferrari, which is, uh, again, slightly off the back. Oh, I said that. And then the Magnus uh, Aston Martin brings up the rear. Uh, but they are going particularly well. But actually still in the pits. I think it's that the Paul Miller car that's had so many pit stops so far. Thank you, Nick. And so the drama continues. <laughs> uh, uh, I think we've hit our drama quotient, Jeremy. Um, possibly peaked a bit early here. We have had some cracking racing. I just want a bit more of it. I'm sorry I'm greedy. It's as simple as that. Yeah, look, we've got to change the lead for for, uh, for the first time in a while again, haven't we? Uh, we've got number uh, 10 car now, so uh, that'll be another right. uh, change in the, uh, in the lead in the virtual points, particularly for manufacturers. At this stage, just this number 10 car uh, led the points coming into this race. So with this uh, vault forward here into third position, third to first, they're looking good right now. It's our ninth lead change of the day. Yeah. 
Five different cars have led the race at this stage. So Louis Delatras will be leading at the restart in the number 10 car. The Acura from the two Cadillacs, Scott Dixon and Jack Aitken, number 01 and number 31 respectively. Then the second of the Acura is Tom Blomquist in car number 60. So he maintains that fourth position uh, from, prior, from, the pre, from before the stop. Philippe Nasser now at the wheel of car number 7 from uh, Joseph Newgarden. So back to the, the starting driver in that number 7 car. Uh, in the pit lane, and this has been uh, a bit of a pattern now, Nick Dearman. If the BMWs are at the back of the GTP field, one or both of them, well, one is in seventh, that's the 25, Conor de Pilevi, so they've stayed out. Was that Mark Whitman coming back in yep. for the second stop? And he got four seconds of fuel. There's a very convenient county number thing, isn't there, on the side of the car? A what? <laughs> A county number thing. Is that a technical term? It is now. It's officially t- it's in the dictionary. Oh, we, have, we haven't had a dictionary for a while, have we? No, we um, really haven't. Um, and there is a Porsche rolling down towards me. I'm not sure if that's the six out of sequence. It is. It the, yeah, it's the six out of sequence. It is it's correct. Six, so that's back. And there's a few of the P2 cars. I think also getting a, a slurp and a, a dash of fuel. And there is the Iron Dame's uh, Lamborghini, which is also called out of sequence as well. After that problem they had earlier on, after that fantastic first half hour or hour by uh, Dorian Pa. Uh, I love the idea that uh, Lawrence Vanto has been told to stay out and then come round and get one of the laps back. They're down to 67 laps uh, behind the wheel now. But, I mean, it's good practice. It's exactly what they should have been should be doing. And the uh, Iron Dames car as well has done the thing. Uh, that was Dorian Pan who brought it in. She's getting out the car. Uh, they're back to within three laps. Let me check that. Uh, no, four laps uh, of the lead in GTD, I think. Dorian helping her teammate into the car. I think that is Sarah. Uh, is there? Who's that? Who's got into the car? I think it was Michelle Gatting. He got into the car there. I'll tell you in a minute. Looked slightly too tall to be Ryle Fry. Gonna, actually, that's unfortunate for them. They've had to stop at the end of the pit lane. Spotted the traffic light, though. Well done. Some others have not today. So, as Jeremy rightly said, there's been a change at the lead of the field as the lights have just gone out on the safety car. It's the accurate ARX-06 of Louis Delatraz. Now, if you had been watching uh, yesterday and seen the fight for Paul, you would see Louis Delatraz, uh, who absolutely blitzed it on a single lap on a drying track on a set of brand-new tyres. And if you maybe haven't watched the uh, previous hours of this race, you might think, ah, oh, come back, no, nothing's happened. The Paul man's still leading. Uh, there's been a lot going on, and that was another lead change. Eight different cars at the head of the field, Jeremy, uh, on actually a heck of a lot more than eight lead changes as well, of course. Uh, no, actually, the, the, we've, well, no, we've only had nine lead changes. Oh, have we? Yeah, 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 because um, the number uh, seven car led from lap 89 through 166. That was a long stint in the lead, and then from 167... To one to two forty one for the number zero one car. So uh, two long uh, stints out in front for those two cars, number seven and number zero one. So we'll see the number ten car that led, uh, of course, earlier in the race can maintain its position. Louis Delatraz 
back at the wheel of that car. Here we go for another restart, and this time it's Louis Delatraz. Didn't get the best of starts when we went green for the first time this morning. He's done a better job here, but Scott Dixon's tracking him all the way, and behind Scott Dixon, Jack Aiken in the red-fronted Cadillac for a moment. Dive to the right-hand side, just a little faint there. Dixie covered him, fourth position. Chom, uh, uh, Tom Blonkvis, and there are breaking away nicely as the leading car sun starting to become a problem for us even in the booth now as the shadows lengthen track temperature down to 75 celsius 73 in the uh, 75 fahrenheit 73 in the air it's 24 celsius and 23 in the air it's beginning to to balance itself back up will the accuracy come back into play as the track temperature drops they were much better when it was cooler this morning and the restart has been clean this time waiting to see if there is anything that comes of it or indeed of the pit stops race control have been exceptionally busy today they'll be putting in a proposal to be paid on decisions made I think the way it's been going at the moment they have processed and in order that we're getting up towards 40 penalties now and they've processed them all in a very timely fashion uh, he hearing from the RWEC discord group that Chair Adam has gone behind the wall for problems with her voice but uh, not listed as a DNF as yet very good very good indeed. Delatraz still leading. In the classes, Ben Hanley leads for CrowdStrike. And Paul Luke Shatner in second. They're battling for the championship. Uh, Nick Damon has found the fabulously quick French driver, Dorian Pan, who led the whole of the GT class earlier on and drove away to a 10 second lead uh, before the first full course or the, one of the major full course cautions. Uh, Nick, down there in the Iron Dames pit. Dorian, let's, not, let's go right back to the beginning of the race. Your first hour was unbelievable. Where'd that speed come from? <laughs> I don't know the car. I mean, the car is, uh, is really good. Uh, we had good, good setup, good balance throughout a, a full stint. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy about the pace. Well, I was able to overtake the two Lexus, so it uh, was good fight, good fight with them. And then, uh, yeah, uh, it, was, it was quite simple. It was going really well. Then, of course, then you had the suspension problem. What caused that? Do you know? Uh, you mean the pit stop? Yeah, and your suspension broke. You had to go behind the wall. What? Uh, no, I was in the car. Apparently, the P3 uh, diving a bit too late, and we, uh, the suspension right, uh, rear right was broken, so... We had to stop in the tents to, to change it. The Iron Dames team doing brilliantly and obviously looking to move into different classes for next year. Do you see yourself in GTD or do you see yourself in P2 or do you see yourself perhaps in uh, an LMDH car next year? I really don't know. We have discussion right now, but uh, yeah, of course my goal is, is to be in a, in a hypercar next year, but, uh, but we still have some discussion to decide uh, what is the best and um, we will see.
And just finally, are you going to get to drive the car in the dark when it's even quicker? Say again? Are you going to get a chance to drive the car when it gets dark and when, get, when the car gets even quicker? Yeah, we'll do the, the end of the race. Great stuff. Thank you, Dorian. Thank you. She's a force of nature, that driver. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, really did well. Been a couple of things going on. There's a penalty. Uh, the incident responsibility for the Ferrari, of course, the Triazi car, when it hit the performance tech number 38. That'll be a drive-through. Also, the number 77, Trent Hinman, driven right motorsports Porsche, has been asked to give up a position on track. That was to do with coming uh, on the pit exit. So that's been sorted out by race control. Rather than issue a penalty, they've swapped two cars uh, around for that one. On the circuit at the moment, battles going on as ever throughout the field with Louis Delatraz leading by 1.6 seconds. Yeah, and just to reset the fastest lap of the race oh, as really? Louis Delatraz, uh, 111.245 for the Swiss. Well, that is interesting. I, I was just uh, um, wondering if the pace was coming back to the Acuras, and albeit with a new set of tyres, but also with quite a full fuel tank. Louis Delatraz, who was sparkling in qualifying earlier on in the week, has answered that question. Yeah, and his next lap was... Uh, the, the best lap was a 111.245. The next lap was a 111.275. Not bad, huh? Hello to Jack Topolsky, who's enjoying IMSA Radio live and free from San Diego. On the beach out there. That looks really rather splendid, to be honest. Thank you for choosing to carry us with you to that lovely-looking location at IMSA Radio. If you want to get in touch with us, still three hours and 41 and a half minutes to go. Uh, Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the booth. And it's uh, Nick Damon on a solo stint. Coming to the end of the solo stint at the moment, Joe Bradley will be in the pit lane in a few minutes' time. As uh, it's coming to the rotation for not quite the evening session yet, but uh, certainly teams will be looking to the next set of Michelin endurance points. They come up in an hour and 40 minutes time with two hours remaining these championships Jeremy are still far from resolved okay we've lost a couple of championship contenders particularly in GTP that number six Porsche but uh, my goodness mate bit of a shake up in LMP2 but now we've got crowd strife from PR1 Matheson from TDS racing yeah, we've got uh, the fifth car is now back on the lead lap. That's the number 35 car. Yeah. Uh, the second of the TDS cars has managed to get back on the lead lap now as well. So we've got five cars back on the lead lap in LMP2. And um, P3 just, uh, as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, top three cars there are all within a few seconds of each other. The uh, number 25 uh, BMW, Conde Filippi, just managed to get past Jensen Button a lap or two ago. That's for sixth position. And 250 laps, actually 251 laps now completed by the race leader, Louis Delatraz. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, a fairly frustrating, uh, this to me. We've now had uh, eight yellow flags for 53 laps. And still, 
we've not had a full hour of green flag racing between any of them. And I, I, I want to see yeah. the relative speed of these cars over a longer time. I haven't had a clear page yet. Have you not had a clear page? <laughs> not quite. Of, of, of the Joey's talking about his uh, Jeremy's talking about his lap charts. I don't. I think you're right. We nearly had one. We very, very, very. Yeah, we got the 57 had... minutes. Yeah. Um, in which uh, that was started. Um, 122 yeah. to uh, 167. Yeah. Agreed. Collapse. <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, no talk of a record distance here. No. Um, Number three officially retired. Ah, yeah. I see a note there. Thank you. That's the Corvette. Uh, meantime, the number 12 Lexus, which had the transmission problems earlier on. A lot of people asking about that, so we got Shane to nip around and talk about it. Um, Parker Thompson, behind the wheel of that Lexus, has gone back out onto the track. So they never see a die attitude from Vassa Sullivan. The usual, as you would expect, spirit of endurance. Della tries with Scott Dixon trying to close him down and then Jack Aiken. They're all separated by a couple of seconds. The sun now is an issue at turn number seven. It's right in the eyes of the drivers. Yeah. And Just right in the eyes of Jeremy Shaw yeah, as well. Exactly right. As no, he's that's looking across fine. the track. I can drop the sun blind. There it's goes. always a major problem. That's fine. I, I quite happy to well, there you go. That's uh, it's it always a major problem there at Turn 7 and uh, yeah, that's one of the nice things about the last couple of days it wasn't an issue for the drivers because there was uh, constant cloud cover but that is an issue now and you know, the sun sets directly over the trees uh, as you are entering Turn 7 because you, you're kind of on a high point there and the, the, uh, the, the trees are sort of dropped down it's, it's, a, it's a major issue for drivers here that's the uh, LMP uh, three leader Dakota Dickerson driving that car has been out front now for quite a long time in that uh, junior three racing car number 30 and he's uh, got a, a narrow lead over Josh Bird 1.5 seconds last time around and there's been nothing to choose between those three cars the uh, Ligier of Dakota Dickerson number 30 number 74 Riley entry also a Ligier and then Lars Kern is driving the number 13 AWA car right now yeah, uh, you mentioned Josh Pearson, by the way, and uh, being back on the lead lap for TDS, he's actually uh, just put that car's fastest lap in the race, race in with a 13.7. And last time around. We're sort of in a happy hour now, aren't we? Because the track temperature has dropped a little bit, but not too much. The air temperature has come down a little bit. So 23 in the air, 24 on the track. That's uh, 73 Fahrenheit in the air, 75 Fahrenheit on the track. I, I suspect we'll see some decent times coming in. If, if you're in a chase mode. If you're in a, a, com, uh, a consolidate mode, maybe not so much. BMW and Porsche there. Connor de Felipe, he's just gone past Felipe Nazar, I think. Across into turn number one. Got a better run out the final corner, and Oof. despite some fairly uh, stout defence from Felipe Nazar, Conor de Felipe had the momentum and went round the outside in turn one, and the BMW then goes up a position, and that is now 
fifth for the number 25 BMW. Jensen Button in uh, Philippe Nasser rather in sixth. Jensen Button in seventh. He's got Neil Janney in a, another customer Porsche fighting with him at the moment. So that's the bright yellow car from the white WeatherTech sponsored machine. And they're having a scrap for position at the moment. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us. I think two, what are we at the moment? Six o'clock, so we've got an hour to sundown and just under an hour and a half to official darkness. Let's go down to Joe Bradley, who has Christian Rasmussen in the pit lane. Well, firstly, I want to talk to you, uh, Christian, about uh, your first stint in the heat of competition in the number 18 here in Walkersport, Oracle. Let's talk about that first, and then I want to talk to you about everything about 2023. No, it, uh, it was a good stint for me. Uh, you know, I started, we, we had a little bit of damage, so, and a little bit of trouble in pit lane, so we went two laps down. Um, but after my stint, we, uh, we were back on the lead lap. So, uh, can't complain about that. We've just been kind of like fighting our way back. We're sitting fourth right now with a, with a fast car, so uh, hopefully we can do something at the end. Yeah, it's all about being there at the end. It's kind of like, I love these nine and a half hour qualifying races for the 30 minute sprints. Yeah, it's crazy. It's something completely new to me, you know. I've obviously done this season here in MSF, but my main uh, my main stuff is in the IndyCar world. So, a little bit different, but I'm loving it. Christian, I want to talk to you about your highly successful 2023. We, we've watched the Indy Next series across in the UK, and it's building up quite a fan base. We get live coverage of all your races. It, it looks intense. It reminds me of karting. Yeah, it is intense, but yeah, it's just come, it's been a great season, you know, it's just come down to consistency and, and the pace we've shown all year, you know, showed great pace on the ovals, uh, as well as the road and street circuit, so it was just, we had a good package everywhere and we really, really put it together, so I can't thank HMD Motorsports enough for providing me the, the package to go win with, and uh, yeah, just got it done. What's the, uh, give us a bit of insight about the the difference in driving discipline road courses in comparison to ovals yeah uh, like uh, road courses in terms of ovals yeah, well you know you have to drive it's a it's a bit different isn't it on the ovals oh yeah it's, it's way different you know it's uh actually i've really learned to love the ovals uh it's it's a little bit of a different strategy to game you know but I think some of the coolest racing that we have is on the ovals. You know, you can go side by side, like, for two laps, you know, sometimes. So it's crazy, but I uh, love it. Definitely a little bit of a different mindset in terms of how you approach the race. But at the end of the day, it's the same same goal, right? Get from point A to point B the fastest way possible. You make it sound simple. Uh, lastly, I'm English. You're Danish. How do you say your name? Uh, Christian Rasmussen. That's where we say it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Rishi. Great to meet you. That's where he says it. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Christian Rasmussen is uh, been talking to Joe Bradley there. That's a young man with the future, I reckon. Hopefully we can tempt him back into sports cars again as well. Three and a half hours still to go. Just starting to see at some points of the circuit the headlights, which have to be on on the cars when it gets dark starting to see them make a little bit of a difference as they head through some of the more shadowy areas now at the front of the field 
starting to get interesting again because Scott Dixon is hunting down Louis Delatras. And the gap is under one second. Jack Aiken, about a second further back in the number 31 red-fronted Cadillac. Top three, Jeremy, all on the front straight at the same time, separated by just on three seconds. I mean, it's it's just ebbing and flowing, isn't it, this 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 whole battle? I mean, they've turned into really, really fast lap times uh, lately. Uh, I mean, one, yeah, all two of the... Of the uh, of the uh, cars have just turned their best laps within the last few laps. Conor Di Filippi uh, just uh, four or five laps ago. Louis Delatraz a little bit before that. Uh, Jensen Button a little bit uh, earlier than that as well. I mean, look, it, it, there's there's good pace out there right now, and the sun going down. It's getting a little bit cooler now already, and uh, the track is really it's, it's still in surprisingly good shape despite the fact we had so many cars on it and so many incidents on a, on and off the track. Uh, it's still in pretty good shape, so we're t- seeing some really good lap times now. And the, the two leaders working their way through. It's still just less than a second between Louis Delatraz and Scott Dixon. Jack Aitken just uh, got a little bit of traffic last time around, so he's fallen back just a little bit in third position, but not far. And, uh, you know, they're all running very, very similar lap times. Quality drivers at the front of the yeah. field. Louis Delatraz, up-and-coming driver. Uh, the Shea's driver of the year, I think, last year. You drive the year last year. You must be the year before. Scott Dixon, Jack Aiken, Tom Blomqvist, Conor De Felipe, Felipe Nasser, Jensen Button, Neil Charney, Marco Fitman. That's your top nine, Jeremy. And that's, I mean, that is a snapshot of three drivers per car. That's your top nine at the moment. That would be, that's a top nine that would grace any any championship around the world. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, yeah, I mean, they've they've all been uh, they've all shone in open wheel racing, and uh, they're doing the same in sports car racing as well no surprise I mean these are very very accomplished drivers there's no make weights make weights in this field just now All most of the uh, pro-am uh, cars have got their, their, their am drivers completed their minimum drive time so it's all down now to the pros until the end of this race we've got what three and a half hours remaining it's going to be non-stop excitement just constantly working through the traffic here they are coming oh, down the hill to, uh, to complete their 260th lap uh, and again less than a second between the first two Jack Aitkins Did. just over a second behind them Did you time for the leader Jeremy had to break right in the middle of the uphill to turn two as he went past the heart of racing Aston Martin he just got offline a little bit and that's an opportunity for Scott Dixon who comes right on the outside and is now right on the tail of the leader as they go through to turn five the Vault Racing Porsche is ahead of the leader now, stays to the right-hand side as Delatraz is on the ideal racing line, got onto the turn of BMWs, the Macintosh car through 60, can't get by, here comes Dixon, swings wide, will try and diamond off the corner and get on the throttle earlier in the Cadillac, that Cadillac's got lots of grunt, big, normally aspirated engine against the smallest engine in GTP, the V6 in the Acura, headlights flashing madly, and here comes the Whelan Cadillac as well of Jack Aiken, either side of the of the Forte Lamborghini, oh my goodness, that was Hackenden and Schumacher all over again on the Kemmel straight, down towards turn 10A, 
marvellous stuff by all of these drivers. And by the way, when I say all of these drivers, I mean the guys that are being passed as well, Jeremy, because yeah. you've got to keep your heads about you when these cars are coming through so quickly. Yeah, they come they come on the straights. They're so much faster through the corners. They're not, not, not as quick as the old generation DPI cars because they're heavier. Uh, and uh, and the bigger cars all the way around, so they're a real handful through the corners. But boy, they line it up and they go down these straights, and they are significantly faster on the straightaways than the old DPI cars. Tom Blomqvist is not that far behind no. here. He's only another two seconds or so. I, I do think that the Acuras are picking up a little bit of pace as the temperature comes down on the track. And Louis Delatraz now has four cars, or sorry, three cars behind him in the space of four seconds. So it is closing up all the time. The next group of traffic, uh, there's two cars. It's the Windward Racing car and the Courtoff AMG. They'll get them on the back straight, I think. And then there's a wee bit of a gap before they catch up to... Oh, what does I say that? He hasn't got past the Courtoff AMG. I was expecting that to be rather easier for the leader. I'm sure they thought that as well, but he's cleared that group of traffic, and that has actually worked out all right in the end for yeah. Louis Delatraz. It's Dixon that's under pressure now as Jack Aitken goes up the inside of the other Cadillac but couldn't make it stick. Dixon caught out, coming down the hill, couldn't get off turn 12. That was a, a bold late move there by Delatraz on Mackenzie Cook. It was at the, uh, the wheel of the court off Mercedes going into the, uh, turn 10, the chicane there. And uh, hats off there to uh, to Kenton Cook for you know, not not to getting flustered at all. He just let Delatraz sort himself out. He gave him plenty of room to go around the, outs him, the outside of him of 10A and it pulls off the pass but the previous lap for the race is, was a 1 minute 16.8 you remember we were talking they were doing uh, 11s uh, and the and well low 11s and and high 12 excuse me low 12s uh, over the last few laps so four and a half seconds in traffic on that last lap or the lap before the last one for the race leaders and this is the battle for uh second position in LMP2. Ben Handy leads now for CrowdStrike by APR and number 04, about six seconds behind them. This, is, this battle heading into turn seven with number 52 car Paul-Luc Chatin just ahead of Mikkel Jensen in car number 11. Hello to Simi and Aaron who are on the back side listening to us on 98.1 Road Atlanta FM enjoying their fourth Petit Le Mans and uh, listening to us courtesy of Dave Miller's excellent FM service here hello to Alex who's listening in, not sure where you are in the world also this is I, I've, this race and uh, as well as the Bathurst 12 hours actually, it's very much a racers race so uh, a lot of people who aren't racing here but would generally be racing at the weekend are tuned in Austin Hillier Racing back in Europe thanks for the kind words there uh, and uh, we've got the Porsche number 6 off it's not been their day today more damage to the rear end of that car and that is some serious damage that they'll have to go through and fix that again Lawrence Vanto has not had a great weekend that's not that far away from where he had an issue earlier on in the weekend. 
actually it was at the top of the hill at turn three I thought it was at turn five for a moment there uh, left rear puncture rear clip damage rear aerofoil gone and yeah dragging debris all the way around the yeah. racetrack I, he wants to get it back yeah. uh, now we know what the Porsche would look like if they'd gone the Peugeot route if no rear wing <laughs> as he comes back by the way just in that as well I've heard that the Paul Miller Racing BMW is now an official retirement Wow! so was he on his own or did he make a mistake got through Ooh, now there was an Aston Martin that he was trying to go by there and I wonder if he just closed the door on him a little bit the Aston all of the GTD cars are very quick through the center of the corner right. and it's pitched him off sideways at turn three and he's now off the track at the exit of turn seven and he's now he's clear there in terms of the car the question will be how much debris is on the track and whether we have to go full course yellow with 322 to go we've have had uh, eight full course yellow periods and we've been green for 23 minutes and at the moment we are staying green wow wow uh, I was just about to say thank you to Chris Hawke at Hook Racing as well in Germany uh, watching there it is just past midnight there and watching and listening got the world feed up there so following along might as well stay up now might as well stay up come on push on through it's not a work day tomorrow hopefully I think we're going to stay green here if I'm honest and that's good so long as there's no debris on the track Lawrence Vanter has had an horrible weekend now this is going to be a another issue yes it is it's TDS in the wall and that's big damage to the front now this will be a full course yellow that car's wow. not going anywhere and this is huge local yellow at the moment 321 to go that is turn five and it's the 11 car the championship which is leader the championship leader in third position in the class Mikkel Jensen has stuck it in the wall at turn five and that's not going to have been a small impact I can't see the right front wheel but I think it's tucked underneath and oh no well it's not the it's not at the approved angle in terms of suspension but he's found a gear well we've stayed green I apologize we have stayed green now the, the thing is he's not going to want to park that car Lawrence Vantor parked the car at turn seven but he, Jensen is, Mikkel Jensen is not going to want to park that car. He's coming up to turn five behind traffic. And the back end again gets rid of a huge air across the curb. And he's actually cleared some of the gravel. And the bailed tyres have done a phenomenal job there. As they run, right now, Ben Keating is leading the class by 11 points and that was Mikkel Jensen right up behind Ben Keating's car 
and just overdid turn five with huge yeah. consequences for the championship. Yeah, I mean, those two have been nose to tell since the restart. Number 52 and number 11, they're a little bit behind the number 04 car of Nolan Siegel, who's pulled away a little bit, doing a fantastic job at the wheel of number 50, uh, excuse me, number 04 car. But the 04 car has just made a pit stop. I think they, they anticipated perhaps uh, a full course caution and brought that car in for service. Just had a brilliant tweet in from Kishiti Van Ketterwischer says, Sleep is for the weak. IMSA is more important. Excellent. We need it. That's a T-shirt. That's a T-shirt there. Kishiti. Excellent. We're staying green, I think, at the moment. Meantime, let's check out some of the other battles around the circuit. Still the GTD pro leader is Jordan Petma for Iron Links. From five seconds further back, it's Faf Motorsport, Patrick Peele. What an up and down day they've had. Jill Gunon, WeatherTech Racing. See you both coming. Kenton Cook for Team Gorthoff. Win uh, leads by a second from Russell Ward. 32 Mercedes from 57. Then. Then we've just had the number 63. 62, excuse me, the. Uh, Risi Competizione Ferrari hmm. Scenic route and as it looks like the Mikkel Jensen car is going straight behind the wall it's just driven straight past Joe Bradley Mikkel Jensen being told yeah. straight to the paddock Man, that is a huge swing for the championship, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely right it is. I mean, there's no way you can come back from there and, and win the class, I don't, I don't think, unless something really bizarre happens. And what a shame for Stephen Thomas. Yeah. Uh, he had so much confidence in Mikkel Jensen. And Mikkel, I mean, he, he was riding along there behind Paul Luchata. He'd been following him for a long time since we went back to green, which had, what, 20-odd, 20 three laps or so maybe he was just getting frustrated behind Paul Luchata um, I mean he was on his own there it wasn't if he was going for a pass uh, but he just lost control of the car going into turn five it was an odd incident it really was I, he, he was I think he was about half a car's with if that offline he was trying to chase down the wins car that was the car in front of him um, I can't imagine that he was close enough for that to have been air or push it looked like the back end of the car yeah. uh, that uh, went got, out meantime kind of a tank slapper didn't he through the Scott, Scott Dixon is right with the leader again and they're cutting through traffic again past the Aston Martin of Heart of Racing down to turn 10A and Delatraz has negotiated that little danger zone as they were for a moment I think Dixon got a little bit of an overlap there as he came over the brow of the hill between 8 and 9 and across the line, it's back out to three quarters of a second. Jack Aiken, who was right with them, is another two seconds further back, flashing his lights, trying to get through to a bit of clear track so that he can track these two down. This is a look, yeah. they might not be side by side, they might not be banging wing mirrors, but this is a phenomenal flight fight between Delatraz, Scott Dixon and Jack Aiken. And adding to that, by the way, Tom Blancmist, whose car is coming back to him, he's only another second further back Conor de Filippi another second and a half further back yeah. at the BMW yeah I mean they've all been kind of closing up there those, yeah. the, all of those cars now because there's only seven seconds covering the top six uh, <laughs> right now 
and uh, they've also very similar lap times. What's interesting is looking at the, the last lap times: one sixteen two for the leader, one fifteen seven for Dixon, one seventeen one for Jack Aitken in third place, and then one fifteen for Tom Blunkus in fourth, one fourteen for Conor Di Filippi in fifth place, and then a couple of cars behind him, they're doing 13, low 13s for Jensen Button. So it's just constantly ebbing and flowing as they, depending on where they come across the traffic. It's fascinating. Three and four seconds a lap is the difference yeah. quite easily yeah. that traffic can make. So this is why we say about all multi-class endurance races, but particularly about Motul Petit-Lamont here at Road Atlanta, the layout of the track, the amount of traffic that you've got, the density of the entries here on the circuit, having six, seven seconds lap of a lead, that can evaporate in a lap and a half. Yeah. It really can. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, 1 minute 12.8 last lap around, the previous lap won 16.2. Yeah. Teletraz for the moment with breathing space. Yes. And, and it will be that. He will be like, phew. Yeah, he will. What am, I, what am I looking at now? Right, I've got the 44 Magnus Racing car. Next up, it'll be talking to the pits. Maybe the pits talk to him. They'll be saying, right, you've got a, a GTT car ahead. It's Andy Lally. He's in 12th. He's not racing anybody at the moment in that car. And it's Andy Lally. He'll know you're coming. He's a pro. That's the sort of information that we're talking about coming through at the moment. It's just battles everywhere. BMW flashing its lights as it comes three wide over the top of the brow at turn nine. That is the 24 car that sits at the moment in ninth position, last of the GTPs in that lead group with the number six car uh, not being recovered, by the way, I'm hearing. That will be left at turn number seven. Ooh, little touch on the from the Risi Competizione Ferrari onto the all-yellow Jensen Button-driven JDC Miller Motorsports. Won't please Jensen. I'm sure that's not the first time that Jensen's had a little tap from behind by a Ferrari. <laughs> um, Fair point. Uh, cost him, cost him about five seconds. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. He, he, was, he had a lift right off. Uh, Joe Bradley, I, I may have... Uh, misheard that uh, message uh, are we seeing that the, the number 6 Porsche the Lawrence Vanso car are we seeing that's been left at turn 7 or it's been recovered from turn 7 I was told by the pit lane official that it was going to, because it had found an access gate, they were going to be able to recover it back to the Got paddock from apologies. that location yeah. thank you Joe, thank you for that clarification my apologies misunderstanding that message coming through well, what a day for championships. Shea called, said hello this morning to people and saying happy championship day. This is still not over. It certainly isn't, uh, but uh, Acura leads right now and uh, the the Manufacturers' Championship is such a tight battle uh, in GTP. It's been an absolutely fascinating contest all all the way through this season and uh, far from over Drivers Championship as well I well yeah of I course I don't even look at that no actually and actually I'm to put it up on the screen for us uh, in a second or two the Drivers Championship as it stands 
Louis Delatraz and the Cunning Minolta leading. And they were leading after they got some extra points from qualifying yesterday. They were 10 points to the good. But how close is it? That's the question. Yeah. In, in the manufacturers, uh, though, um, right now, uh, it would be in favour of uh, Cadillac, I think. Uh, yeah. Coming into this weekend, uh, Porsche was, uh, was leading. But right now, with the best of the Porsches... Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Porsche would fall all the way to third position as they, as they are right now uh, because uh, Acura is leading the race at the moment. Cadillac is uh, second and third, but you only count the second-place car. And then BMW is ahead of Porsche. So it would be you know, pretty much all changed there in that, in that fascinating uh, manufacturer championship. Welcome to the broadcast, Alan Prosser. He's tuning in on the World Feed, watching and listening, just coming into... One of the most spectacular parts of the evening, the transition, the transition from light into dark. The sun will be officially setting in around about 35 minutes' time, and it's official dark in about an hour's time. So, again, worth remembering any drivers that didn't qualify through darkness qualifying on Thursday must be out of the car before 7.30 this evening. Race control reminding everyone there is debris on the exit of turn 10. And so we have to keep an eye on that. Weather tech number 79. Jill Gounon, third position at the moment, second in that class, but uh, about six seconds up the road is Patrick Peely, and he's 10 seconds behind the leader. Iron yeah. Lynx is Jordan Pepper. Those three have yeah. spread out a wee bit. Yeah, they have. Start. Absolutely right, John. I mean, Jordan Pepper got into the lead um, just after the restart, I think. I don't think he, was, he wasn't leading at the restart. Was he, he was in uh, well, he was in second position behind a number nine car, which is uh, the, the, the Faf Porsche. But uh, he, he made the pass for the lead um, well, I don't know, seven or eight laps after the restart, maybe less than that. And since then, He's pulled away. Uh, we've seen how good the Lamborghini has been all day long, and now 10 seconds that lead, all of a sudden, it's re- the, the whole gaps now in GTD are really all of a sudden, I say relatively all of a sudden, during this stint, have uh, grown dramatically. Can't say the same for the GTD class. That's GTD Pro, but uh, Kenton Cook and Russell Ward have been out at Hammer and Tongs. Kenton has inched his way almost literally to a two-second lead. They've barely been half or three-quarters of a second apart. Uh, it's just gone out to 1.9 seconds. And uh, it, it's a tenth here, a tenth there between those two. Two Mercedes-AMG GT3s leading GTD. Uh, and Russell Ward uh, keeping Kenton Cook and the team caught off car uh, honest at the moment. And about 16, 17 seconds back uh, is Misha Goikberg. That one interesting as well. Hearing now from Porsche Motorsport that the number six Penske run Penske Porsche Motorsport car coming back in the pit lane officially retired. So that is the end of any championship implications for that car. They came in as the better placed of the two machines. And that is such a shame for 
all involved in the number six car. Louis Delatraz then by 1.2 seconds from Scott Dixon. Still looking at the P2 battle as well, where Paul Loopshat has just gone back out of the pits, as has Ryan DL. That's the number 52 car that was leading. And Ryan DL, the Aero Motorsport car, they've pulled back two laps. That's really impressive. And uh, sorry, Ryan DL's just come into the pits as. Paul Loop-Shatnan has come out, but the, my point there, still that Ryan DL and the rest of that uh, Aero Motorsport 18 car team, Jeremy, they were two laps down earlier on, after that car went off at turn five. Absolutely, I mean, they played the, the strategy perfectly, uh, when there's a full course caution, uh, and they've been, the cautions have been timed nicely, so that the leaders need a pit stop, so they come in, uh, if you're a lap down, you stay out, you move past the uh, back onto the lead lap as the your class leader is in the pits and then you get the wave around and then you make your pit stop and you're back on the lead lap again and on the same uh, fuel fuel strategy as well so they've called that uh, absolutely perfectly so far and they got into the lead of the race and you know that car coming comes into the pits right now in the lead and that's the uh, a really good comeback for that number 18 team few people coming back to the race or joining us for the first time it has been uh, a fairly fractured race, I'm afraid. We've had nine changes of lead between eight of the GTP cars. And it's been short bursts of action, punctuated by accidents, I'm afraid. Uh, either mistakes from drivers or cars coming together. The longest run we've had between yellows was 57 minutes, right in the middle of the race right in the middle of the race we've had up to now some 53 laps spent behind the BMW XM safety car either of them we've had a white one and a blue one out there it's the V8 hybrid and really difficult to see much of a pattern going on except for the relative performances of the GTPs in particular and some of the GTD cars as well as the track temperature went up in the late afternoon and now is starting to drop again and the track temperature which was 35 Celsius now down to 23 and so that's equaled up the air and track temperature 73 Fahrenheit across the board was up into triple digits on the track earlier on that seems to suit the accuracy a little bit more also seems to, to suit the Lamborghinis. Jordan well, Pepper pulling away at the front of the GTD profile. To be honest, the Lamborghini has been the class of the field it all has. all, uh, all week, uh, arguably. So it's certainly been very, very fast. And it was quick at the beginning. It just started at the back uh, and worked its way forward. Uh, but the other the other two cars, and we saw the Iron Dames leading very convincingly in the early stages. And also Michel Goikberg in the Forte Racing GTD car running... Uh, in the lead with that car as well so uh, all, the Lamborghini is all looking good the 78, where's the 78 car that's uh, well, it's fifth, class, yeah, fifth position Misha's still driving that car uh, and uh, you know he's 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 not a pro driver although he drives like one he's, he's got massively experienced of course and doing a really really nice job in that number 78 car for Forte now all the leading cars stopped at the last yellow 
so they've been out since then, which yeah. is getting pretty uh, close now. Must be getting close now. They've completed three yellow flag yeah. laps and for a total of 39 laps in total. That's all of the ones. Yeah, within the next five minutes or so, we, we should expect the uh, GTP cars to be making pit stops. Joe Bradley is down in the pit lane. Any sign of movement down there, Joe? Yeah, quite a bit, actually. Um, certainly the, uh, the, the number 31 Cadillac team, the, the Whelan livery car, they're already on the pit wall. Uh, fresh tyres and the crew ready. And also the number 10, the uh, the Acura team, the, uh, the Wind Taylor Racing with Andretti team, they've, they've uh, woken themselves up and are ready. In fact, their car must be due on pit road because the board's just come out. You guys can probably see it coming down the hill. Here it is. In fact, in fact it's coming to my view. So the car making its way down, speed limiter on. You can just hear the uh, the engine speed limiter kicking in, engine making as if it's like protesting the uh, the speed. Please let me go. But no, the car making its way down now. It'll peel right any moment now. Right at the very last minute, actually, these drivers peel to the right and then swing left into the box. Very accurate driving is required here. It's all about where the driver positions the car, and it's got to be in line with the fuel hose going on to the uh, to the to the fuel filler. It's a scrubbed set of tyres that's going on, so we're already beginning to tactically use the tyres. So a scrubbed set of tyres for the number 10. When the tyres come off, they go back to their, the, the team engineers, the tyre engineer, and the tyre engi the, the engineer will decide how much usage you're going to get. You might you then mix and match what tyres have come off the car. The fueling's still going in, the driver's staying on board, and the fueling is still going in. So we're now getting into the realms of that, and with the cooler temperatures, it's not going to take so much out the tyres. That's the accurate, just silently... All I can hear there as it pulls away, and call the old-fashioned, I much prefer the, uh, the, the roar of a Corvette, but uh, all you can hear is the, is the actual rubber uh, straining on the, on the concrete as it pulls away, the squeal of the rubber. You can't hear the engine because, of course, it's on electric. I, I quite like the whine of an electric motor. Um, but, really? You know, yeah, I'm Seriously? Just, I'm, I'm, I've been driving one for ten days, so I'm kind of getting used to it now. Yeah. Um, no, nothing will... I was driving a V8 the week before that. There and you go. A, and I'll be back in a flat six next week. So, <laughs> but I'm, you know, it's, uh, there's a place. I still think there's a place for it. So it's, yeah. not, it's never going to be the whole answer. Oh, it's but cool. Nothing is. It's I, cool. I love the technology. Yeah. I love the fact that, that we're trying things out here yeah. at IMSA. Uh, talking earlier on about the hydrogen fuel cell car that's going to race at Le Mans. Uh, what a spaceship that thing looks like. Weaving left and right then for the Louis Delatraz driven Konica Minolta down the back straight as he's trying to get heat up into the tyres. He's come out behind the number 60 of uh, Tom Blomqvist. And I was saying I was, I was expecting GTP cars to come in the next five minutes or so. I wasn't expecting him to be coming in for you know, right away though, I must admit. Uh, I came in a little bit earlier than I would have anticipated. Uh, we're now... Uh, three hours to go in this race, uh, so uh, spot on three hours. Yeah, actually, spot yeah. on three hours, uh, and of course the, the next tranche of points for the Mission Endurance Cup comes in in one hour's time. These cars can do just a little bit less than, than an hour of green flag running, so uh, they've put themselves in a slightly dodgy position uh, in terms of you know, whether they can get to get to that four-hour mark without needing another pit stop. 
unless there's a full course caution. So we are this this uh, great flag period started 50 minutes ago. Three laps of yellow before that. Just to reiterate, I think we said this earlier on before we went down to Joe, but if we didn't, uh, I apologise, I must have dreamt it, that we have got another retirement, and that's the TDS car. That yeah, well, yeah, we saw that. Oh, I see, officially yeah, retired. Yeah, it's right. now officially retired. So Stephen Thomas, Mick Jensen, Scott Huffaker in the TDS car. That has now... Uh, being retired to the officials so that's massive championship implications right there uh, and we'll, we'll get points for the back of the class you still get points uh, well now how much will they have covered oh no you, you, that's, that's not an issue you get points it, into the pit lane for Winward and that was a driver change there as well. Russell Ward getting out, and Joe Bradley has Jensen Button for his pit stop. Uh, no, yeah, I have, and he's gotten out the car as well. So he's he's handed the car over. Uh, it's uh, I can't quite see whether the scrub rubber matching what the uh, the number ten is has put on. I'll get to the car in a moment. But Button has popped out. He's jumped out. Was it the third his third flying lap that he broke the, the, the he got the fastest lap of the race for that uh, car for for the car? Right, okay. Okay, we've also got the number zero one in the Cadillacs in, as is the thirty one. We ex we were we were expecting that, but the number one Negative. zero one Cadillac has come in. The number five gets out in front of the wheel and Cadillac. We've also got the number sixty Acura in the MSR car. The WeatherTech Porsche has gone by. The number seven Porsche comes in. Bordier is getting into the zero one. It's Again, good rubber. So we're getting into the realms of tyre management. Find a help. Um, I'm not quite sure who got into the number five. Uh, you guys, uh, find a helmet. I'm uh, being told is in the number five. Uh, just behind me, looks like the MSR number 60 didn't change driver. Can't quite see that. Now the 24. It's quite a flurry, isn't it? There's the zero one on its hybrid. Then the uh, Cadillac motor burst into into life big tyre squeal there from the number 60 Acura right we seem to be coming to GTP pit stop phase conclusion so I'm going to dive in and try and get a word with Jensen Button and uh, get his thoughts on his first race stint at Petit Le Mans 25 BMW leading the race Conor de Filippi on the pit stop cycle coming into the pit lane to complete all of the top nine and we've got a problem for heart of racing number 27 aston martin heading up to turn number seven and it was a control alt delete and the car has restarted for roman de angelis but he's lost second place to bill orbelin in the turn of motorsport car so panic down there meantime it's a scrubbed set of rubber going on to the number 25 BMW. Didn't see whether Conor de Filippi got out of the car. 
And now I've said a scrub set. Is that a scrub set? It's very lightly used, I think. I saw one of them on the right-hand side that said 25 OK, which su suggested to me that they had put a mixed set on. Let's uh, get down to Joe Bradley, who is with Jensen Button. It was Sheldon von der Linde who took out the number 25 card. Joe Bradley has the world champion with him. Well, he's got a smile on his face. That looked for fun from where I was. I bet you had a smile on your face doing that. Yeah, I did. Um, we were offset with other people on tyres. So my first thing, I had, I had uh, new tyres or scrub tyres. And then the second run, I didn't. Oh, what a difference. Wow. Um, so, no, I had, I had great fun out there. I had a great scrap with uh, uh, Joseph Newgarden. I think it was Joseph, right? In the it was, yeah, absolutely. We were talking about, you know, Battle of the Champions, like IROC. Yeah, exactly. No, it was uh, very cool, but... Um, yeah, I enjoyed it, and you know, just fighting with any of these guys and keeping up with them my first time in the car, I'm pretty happy with. So, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun out there. Sometimes it's tricky with traffic, it really is. Um, but I, I didn't get overtaken by anyone while I was, because of traffic, just because I wasn't quick enough. So I think my uh, traffic control was actually not too bad, but I had a couple of little scary moments where I went through the middle of two cars. Um, but um, no, having a lot of fun, and uh, you know, my first experience, and of IMSA, um, it was a pleasant one, but a, but a pretty manic one. You, you said, we heard your thoughts about Road Atlanta as a track. What's your thoughts on Road Atlanta as a race track, having raced on it now? Yeah, it's it's good, but I mean, you've, you've also got to remember that I don't, I know what the controls do in the car, but it's the first time I've really experienced, I've never done more than 10 laps. So um, suddenly I'm in a run where I'm doing 40 laps. Yeah, but you're Jensen Button, man. But I've also not driven an aero car since 2009. Jensen Button, man. So, yeah, I was, I was happy with it, but there's still so much more to improve. There really is. But uh, it's good knowing that it went all right and I didn't hit anything. Um, and um, I had a lot of fun and the pace was all right. Has that, um, has that kind of pushed the button to talk to whoever you need to talk to to get you back here for a full season? Uh, was that, excuse the pun, push the button? Or? No, it wasn't actually, but that was a good one, wasn't it? I'll, I'll take that one. Well, it was, except you didn't realise it. No, I didn't. I mean, yeah. But um, it's my name, I'm going to. Uh, but uh, no, it's... Um, yeah, it's. I really enjoyed it. So, you know, I'll look at the data after and see where I gain, where I lose, and uh, and hopefully come back a little bit stronger in the next run that I do if I get out again. Um, but the trickiest thing is when it cools down, the tires go away from you. You're locking up fronts, you're locking up rears. You've got all these adjustments on the steering wheel, like so many lateral, lateral TC, straight ahead TC, and then you got all the braking options and the migration options on braking. And I'm filling with everything, and every time I change something, it feels massive, the change. So I'm like, all right, I'll go back on that one, and I'll try something else. So it's, um, it's a massive test session for me, and, uh, yeah, but a lot of action out there. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, we enjoy having you here, Jensen, to do what you need to do, because the fans want you back. Thanks, man. Never mind the fans want me back. We want him back, because uh, he's a great interview, and he's a quick driver. Uh, the 27... Aston Martin from Heart of Racing was hit by another car, which was the number 78. Uh, and incident responsibility given uh, to the number 78 Forte Lamborghini. So that will be a drive through for that car. And that's why we saw the 27 Aston going slowly. 
they need to keep going to the end for the Michelin Endurance and they need to be ahead of the 32 caught off car to uh, to be able to win by one point the Michelin Endurance Shea's doing charades at the back you see um, apparently it's a film into the pit lane for Faf Motorsport from the lead of GTD Pro. Uh, working on the car outside the box as well for the number 78. Oh dear me, 48. Not having a good five or ten minutes. What do you always say, Jeremy? Don't compound the errors. Make one error, don't make two or three. Yeah, don't make another one, yes. Inside two hours and 51 minutes, just about. So, uh, what have we got? We've got about another 15 minutes till sunset, although with the trees here, the sun's actually, I think, now down behind the trees towards turn number seven. That'll be a sigh of relief from most of the drivers. At the top of turn two, there's still a little bit of brightness in the sky there as the leader. I check that as the Number 10, third place car of Louis Delatraz goes through. In the pit lane now for Jules Gunon, who had taken over the lead of GTD Pro, and Alex Riberas for Heart Racing 23 as well. So let's see where Patrick Pile is on the circuit. The number nine Porsche should come through and retake the lead in that class keep an eye on him as he comes past us, I think I'll probably wind that blind up a bit now in our studio yeah the sun's uh, gone over the trees from our perspective hasn't it yeah, yeah. So now, now beautiful evening, just gorgeous evening it's been a great day hasn't yeah. it in every sense of the word um, yeah. we've so that just gone over an hour of green flag running Fifty-three, well, not quite. So about two minutes. Green at six twelve. Yeah, about a minute and a half to go. Yeah. Um, the um, interestingly, that 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 pit stop by the number ten car. They were leading when they came in after on that two hundred eighty-one. Now come out of the pits. Into, well, okay, they've made up. They've made up one position. They've got past number sixty car. Then Delatres has got past on Blomqvist uh, a lap or two ago. So uh, he's up into third position, but um, it's interesting to see how that uh, balance changed then during that stop. The longer run, surprisingly, by the number zero one car, perhaps not surprisingly, because uh, he's able to have hot hot tyres. We do lose a lot when you come out of the pits on, on fresh tyres. So I think staying out longer really helped number zero one car, and to the detriment of number ten, and. Um, in terms of the number 10 car's aspirations towards the Michelin Endurance Cup, I don't think they're going to be able to get to the end of this hour without uh, coming onto the pit lane again. Uh, you know, in, in the Michelin Endurance Cup in uh, GTP, number 31 car has a pretty stout lead, so maybe it's, it's not... Uh, well, actually, in actual fact now, they are at this juncture seven points behind so they cannot win it okay fine 
So that's not a factor now anymore for the number 10 car in terms of winning the Michelin Endurance Cup. They don't have an opportunity now to do so. At IMSA Radio for the last just under three hours of the race, we've got Michelin Post Race Tech to come. So let's have your submissions at IMSA Radio, hashtag MichelinPRT. And we'll go through some of your questions at the end. The incident that got the penalty for the Forte Lamborghini was at turn six. And that's what uh, turned the Aston Martin around. I only saw the Aston Martin standing still and refiring. I thought it just stopped there because everybody had left the scene. I mean, there were four cars in the space of about a car length there. So a little bit unlucky there, I think, to have that contact. Also working on the car outside the pit box for the Arrow sponsor machine. It's even more costly. Jensen Button having a chat with his good mate Mike Rockenfeller down in the pit lane. They drove the Corvette, excuse me, the Camaro ZL1, ZL1 at Le Mans. And I think Rocky instrumental in getting... Jensen interested in coming here to drive the Porsche. Jensen Button did Porsche race overalls. Now there's a thing. Mm. There is a thing. Tell you what, uh, Sebastian Bourdais, someone's lit the fire there. 1 minute 11.492 last time for Sebastian Bourdais. That's uh, about a tenth of a second away from uh, the his, his best lap of the race. 111.317 was his best. Uh, 111.4 at this stage is, is uh, not hanging around. That's a pretty impressive effort. He's all, all of a sudden now, and not only has he jumped from second place into first uh, at that round of pit stops, but now he's pulling away pretty rapidly from Jack Aitken in the other Cadillac. So it's looking, things are looking at this stage very promising for Cadillac in terms of the inaugural GTP Manufacturer Championship. And indeed for the 31 car, Jack Aitken's doing his job. Uh, there are 11 points, or his two teammates, Alexander Simpson, Pete Durrani, are 11 points to the good as it stands now with the third-place car being the yeah. second-place car in the championship. Another 100 points, or a 100 points, back Sebastian Bourdais. The Bourdais and the rest of the 0-1 team, they need to win the race and have some kind of issues before the 10 and the 0-1, but even then I think with only nine cars left running I'm not sure that they can get quite enough points to overhaul them no they, they, no Bourdais you mean yeah no no. no they, they, they pretty much need everybody else to finish last all of them <laughs> Joe Bradley is down in the pit lane for this part beautiful part of the evening and uh, trying to pick up with uh, some of the teams we've not spoken to and believe it or not we've not spoken to the Turner Motorsport 96 car so far so let's put that right yeah let's talk to Michael Dynan who uh, is uh, sharing the car with Robbie Foley to mention one of his uh, teammates but um, the 96 BMW Michael um, you know what the, the GTD class is turning into a bit of a fist fight is you know it's all to play for very much still yeah, you know, these IMSA races, they tend to get quite intense, uh, especially as we get later more later on in the race. Um, 
obviously this track it's not too big there's a lot of cars out there a lot of prototype traffic it makes it quite difficult to manage but the goal here is just to survive keep the car together and hopefully we have a good race car for the last two hours I mean, you make that sound easy. It's a lot different. There's been a lot of drama already in this race, as ever. Um, how do you do that, though? How can you keep out of trouble? Yeah, there's always a lot of drama, but big thing is, you know, just to keep the bigger picture in mind, there's a lot of times where it's easy to kind of get sucked into something where, you know, giving up a spot or, you know, letting a prototype buy and giving up a little more time is the right decision, even though it's hard to do in the moment. Now, the sun's gone down. We're, we're invariably going to get a bit cooler. The track temperature is going to subside. What Does that have a massive effect on how the car feels? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the balance has a pretty significant shift once the sun goes down. Air temp's going to get cooler. Uh, obviously, you know, that's how it's going to be for the end of the race. So everyone's just hoping that they have a good race car for the last two hours. And, you know, you just need to be on the lead lap, I think, going into it. So... Hopefully it comes to us a little bit, and we'll see what Robbie can do to take the finish. Do you know when you're next in the car, Michael? I think I'm done for the day, so I believe Patrick's out there right now, and then uh, we're going to change over to Robbie, who will take it to the end. Yeah, we're at that stage, aren't we? We're almost there. Just You can see it on the horizon. Yep, so hopefully we have a good, uh, good end of the race, and we'll see where we end up. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for talking to us, Michael. Michael Tynan from Turner Motorsport. Coming up to 7 o'clock, local time. Nick Damon is rejoining us in the pit lane right now. After his refueling. Here's how it stands then, with 2 hours and 42 minutes to go. So we're talking a standard length IMSA WeatherTech sports car race to go now, Jeremy, pretty much. All bar about a lap. Sebastian Bordier by eight seconds over Louis Delatraz. That's Cadillac number 01, the gold-fronted car over the black and blue number 10, Conic Imanolta Acura. Then it's Jack Aiken in the 31 Cadillac, the wheel and engineering machine. With that pass for second place having just taken place. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. And Tom Blomqvist then a further half a second back. So three cars within a couple of seconds there for second, third, and fourth. Delatraz, Aiken and Tom Blomqvist. Now, what does that do? What's the points differential between second and third? Ah, well, this would put uh, the number 10 car back ahead of number 31. Yes, exactly right, because it was only 11 points as it stood the other way around. Yeah, and second and third is a a 20-point differential. And, And this is why we have to keep an eye on these positions and whether any car get between the championship contenders. So now it's Taylor and Albuquerque who would take the championship by 29 points over Simpson Durrani with Bordier and Van der Zander in third position. Remember, these are the substantive drivers. It must have been a lap chart of, uh, of how the championship positions might change, have changed during this race would be rather interesting. You'd need <laughs> lots of colours and it would have lots of peaks and just as many troughs, yes. I suspect. In yeah. Sebastian Bourdais is absolutely oh, flying out there. In LMP2, it's a little more clear-cut at the moment with that problem and subsequent withdrawal for the number 11 of Mikkel Jensen and Stephen Thomas. So it's between Ben Keating and Paul Lubchatton in the 52 car. They at the moment have a 57-point advantage 
over George Kurtz and Ben Hanley. Of course, the other thing that's important is the invitation to Le Mans and basically whichever one of the three non-pro drivers that we've mentioned there, Keating, Kurtz and Thomas, finishes first, finishes ahead, should I say, that they will take that championship. So at the moment, take that invitation, at the moment, that's George, George uh, Kurtz, uh, but that is a 1.7 second lead between the two core drivers. So the two core drivers there in the 0-4 and the 52, battling for the race victory at Petit Le Mans, at Matul Petit Le Mans, and to get their gentleman driver an automatic invitation to Le Mans 2024. So not much on the line there at all, Jeremy. No, not only a gentleman driver, most likely themselves as well. So exactly there's another, so. There's another incentive. Exactly <laughs> so. Well, I did the last stint for you there, George. Yeah. I'm sure you'd want to take many in France, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. This is brilliant. Ah, I love it. Uh, Nolan Segan, just uh, yeah. still a teenager. Really talented young man is Nolan Segal. He was he actually, I think he led the Indy Next Championship for a little while in mid in midsummer. Had a really really good uh, run of results. Then had some really bad luck. Couple of things, including at, at Detroit, he was leading the race on the last lap, and the gearbox broke. Uh, I mean, a real talent is Nolan. Uh, just a fine young man. He really is impressive. From Palo Alto in uh, California. And uh, he's got a big, big, big future ahead of him in you know, whatever uh, type of racing he wants to, he chooses to do. He's still just 18 years of age. He'll be 19 next month. Does he have the potential backing, Jeremy? To oh, take yeah. Him? Yes, does he that, does. I mean, the, the unfortunate truth is that talent will take you so far, but ultimately you've got to have a bit of backing. Yeah. Uh, either at the beginning or at some stage of your career to, to get you up to the next stage. He does, and um, and he and he's you know there's other possibilities there for him as well. He, he knows a lot of people. You know, yeah, great great family. Look look at this battle here now going on for well second, third, fourth, and fifth place are almost tied together. That's a move being made by the Porsche or Maddie Campbell. Are they three? No. That's Matt Campbell going by Tom Blomqvist with another car in the middle. And that is the change made then yeah. for fourth place. Jack Aikid just a little bit further up the road as he's carving his way through traffic. They're going past the Iron Dames Lamborghini down through turn 12. Wave to us at the tower on the left-hand side. Now down to turn one. And that autographed front end of the... Mershank Racing with Kerb Agan, Janian, ARX06... Bearing a few scars of battle now. 301 laps now completed by the race leader, Sebastian Bourdais. And he is just just decimating the field right now. I mean, oh. look, the gap is now 13.6 seconds. 44, Magnus oh, Aston no. off. I was just about to say, so you can't blame me for this one. I was just about to say, we've actually now gone over an hour of green flag racing. However, the 44 and Andy Lally at the wheel on the exit of turn 10b has has graveled it he's beached it and i don't think that's coming out of there a little bit of smoke coming out the back where i think he tried to spin up the rear wheels to get him out so two hours and 36 minutes to go and everybody diving for the pits 
before the full course yellow comes out. In comes Bourdain. Does Delatraz get in to the pit lane or does he come through? No, he's in the pit lane. He's made it. Still green at the moment. Aitken is in. Matt Campbell's gone through. Matt Campbell's gone through. He might miss the pits here because race control will give everybody, I think, here at the front of the field one opportunity to get in. And Porsche Penske Motorsport have sent Matt Campbell around. Meantime, the rest of the, the field have come in. And whilst the car is on this speed limit, Nick Damon, the number 10, which is getting a driver change, the Konica Minolta Acura, doesn't have any headlights. No, every, everyone else had headlights, including the other uh, Acura, the 60. But the number 10 steadfastly not on. Now, whether it's a case he's flicked a switch or knocked something in his hand, but of course the lights are supposed to be on the whole time. But it's apparently only made on the speed limit. It's weird um, because it's well, it's obviously a unique feature. Let's say of the number ten Acura because the number six doesn't do it. We've had a few of the uh, P3 guys in as well as, as I watch now. The rest of the uh, GTPs running past as well. Oh, this is a bit of a revving at the far end. Full course yellow, and Matt Campbell has missed the opportunity. And off goes the number ten car for Acura on the outlap and has lost at least one position. And as the yellow is out, he saved. It was Tom Blomqvist who went through on Philippe Albuquerque. And that means that Matt Campbell has stayed out. Tim Sindrick's on the box there in Tim We Trust. Porsche Penske Motorsport. They're only 18 laps into a stint, so that's halfway through the stint or thereabouts, maybe a tad more than that. No, less than that. Uh, less than that, sorry. So, stretches this stint maybe closer to just doing two more pit stops. Uh, what happened with Andy Lally? Unusual for him to make a mistake. He was right by the Ricci Competizione Ferrari. Did he get a tap on the left rear? I can't tell you. Certainly don't have the evidence on that basis. Oh, now, <laughs> maybe I do because there's damage to the front of the... Sorry, it's the EF Corsa Ferrari, not the Risi car. They were running fifth and sixth in GT Pro. Miguel Molina has some damage to the right front. And that is being looked at by race control after they've had just over an hour off from having to make decisions. Still a good crowd on the bank sides and in the amphitheatre, the National Natural Amphitheatre at turns 10A and 10B. Great place. That was absolutely chock-a-block. I don't think there was a space there uh, at the start of the race. It's been a cracking event here. Track surfaces out there already to try and retrieve Andy Lally. There wasn't an RV space to be had uh, coming into this race and uh, we added some new RV parking on driver's left down the back stretch a couple of years ago they were all full again this year all through the turn 6 and 7 area on a skid pan a skid circle up there all taken up as well as the BMW XM ah oh, we're back to our original car now as the pass around begins this for cars that are trapped between the safety car and their leader 
get this one wrong at your peril by the way because there are punitive penalties to be applied right under full course yellow all of the GTPs except Matt Campbell have pitted just before that so Matt Campbell's not going to come in he's going to stay out and he's going to go another 25 minutes he's going to go to somewhere near two hours to go and try and make it on two stops I reckon if we stay green Tim Sindrick maybe has worked that out but with a bit of yellow which you're going to get now that'll push them into two more stop strategy which the other cars will have to do as well they just won't be necessarily at the same time if we stay green we don't stay green things balance each up up again and come in with everybody else and I think uh, with that uh, number 7 car staying out I think that was going to trap the number 5, 24 and 59 that came in right before the caution came out uh, going to trap them a lap down that was a mistake by those three teams to come in right then so which, which three teams? Uh, number 5, 24 and 59. They, uh, they followed the other guys. Yes. But they were a long way behind. They were half a minute behind the rest of the pack in, uh, in GTP. So yes, they should have stayed out and got the lap back. Yes, well, they didn't. They hadn't, they, by coming in, they lost ah. the lap. It wasn't, they should have ah. stayed out to, to stay on the lead lap. Yes, that's, that's, the, that's uh, exactly right, John. I, I wonder if they expected everybody to come in and Matt Campbell not coming in actually... Well, with them a little bit. Ex well, except for the fact that they'd already seen, or should have seen, number seven car not coming in. Correct. So uh, it's, a, it's a snap decision. I mean, the logical thing is to come into the pits, uh, but um, it's a snap decision the team's got to make there. Those, those three cars that were a half a minute behind. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the, uh, with the benefit of hindsight, the best thing to do would have been to stay out. Yes. And they but still, plenty of time to go. They would have leapfrogged up behind Matt Campbell obviously not they, having they, made they, the pit stops that the, the other cars have made but again you've got yeah I agree I'm not sure. that's, that's a tough Correct. one it's a tough call the pits are open for the GTPs this time around yeah. uh, only Matt Campbell hasn't pitted and he does come in now actually I'm quite surprised by that if I'm honest I thought they were going to leave him out so maybe that was a a missed communication might be worth having a chat Joe Bradley to Tim Sindrick up on the wall um, and see if that was just a missed communication or whether they were discussing strategy well the car's come in and he's going to take on tyres and fuel just see how much fuel he takes on usually the pit stops are limited by the amount of fuel that goes into the car and the tyres are usually well, well done and off the jacks and as the car came off the jacks the fuel filler came off so it was it was as the tyre guys were finished that's the limit of the that was the limit of the pit stop he now gets stopped at the end of the uh, at the pit exit on the red light heads up and with it to be honest with it getting dark you cannot miss that red light now it lights up the world in red well, for a long time, the only other prototype apart from the number seven Porsche actually was the 74 uh, Riley Motorsports uh, P3 car. The car that actually is leading in P3. He was later joined by the 13 and three of the P2s, the 18 car and I think the high-class racing car. And the other car is quite dark. Can't see which one it is. Uh, might be the AF Corsa machine. But, yeah, not, not a lot of takers really at the moment. Not, not a lot of takers in the pits for some reason. 
Yeah, well, all of the GTP cars other than Matt Campbell were in before the full course yellow. With Matt Campbell coming in, should allow the number five JDC Miller Motorsports machine, the BMW number 24, Proton 59, uh, all to get back on the end of the lead lap. Joe Bradley has tracked down his good friend Wayne Taylor and why this championship's going back and forth at the moment uh, Joe I hope they've got some kind of calculator up there to work out what's going on well um, uh, you know Wayne's just rubbing his brow here I'm sure they're working out all sorts of things was, uh, was it always like this win I don't remember it being this competitive I said you know it's, it's really unbelievable if you think there's only two and a half hours to go and literally there's still six cars seven can win this race track position is so important here these cars seem to really have an issue when they get within um, two car lengths of another car i think the air gets disturbed so much you, you see very little passing between the gdp cars and um so track position is is critical so the pit stops are critical the execution is critical and drive and uh you know, we won the last one. This one, we just lost it. And we're really racing the 31, but the 60 is also in front of us. But we still got two hours 26 to go. Yeah, I don't, and anything can happen. I mean, it's been such a dramatic race. Again, do you remember it being this dramatic? No, I don't remember a race like this before. I mean, it's, it's a shame that the six car got taken out the way they did uh, because they, were, they would have been in the title fight as well. Um, things are cooling down, cars are getting faster now, tire pressures, everything track. And, you know, when so much is on the line, everybody's just pushing that much harder. It's, it's been a great season, 2023. The, you know, the first season of the GTP era. Um, I think everyone, you know, behind the decision to go to this formula must pat themselves on the back. We're back at Daytona for the, the Rolex. We're back to the Raw. I think uh, I think we didn't really envisage it being so fantastic. No, I don't. I don't think anybody. I think everybody thought when we went into Daytona that all the GDP cars would be in the pit lane, but they weren't. Um, and really, we've had very little mechanical issues throughout the year. I mean, our car, you know, with the HPD engine and stuff, we've not had a problem throughout the season. Um, but, you know, this is the first season um, that we haven't won a race yet. Yeah, I know, but you could win the championship. That's, a, that's another thing. Um, all right, thinking about... And so the championship is the most important thing right now. Yeah, absolutely. But th it's all right, let's park that for a second and think about 2024, as we do at the, at the last race of the season. Here you are, you've got one car, and you're rubbing your forehead. <laughs> you've got your head in your hands. Next season, the plan is two. You need two heads to put in your hands? Well, I'll have four hands <laughs> over, over my, my head, you know. Um, It'll be exciting though. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. It's I think having two cars just gives you that little advantage um, just to understand the car, understand the driver, to understand the strategy. You can go off strategy with one car. So there's a lot of positives with where we're going with us next year. So I'm very excited but I need to win this championship. Um, let's 
Now that I've got you, for the fans that weren't listening the other night during night practice, you were the inaugural winner of this event back in 1998 uh, as a driver, um, you know, in the Ferrari 333 SP. As I was saying to you the other night, I remember the Ferrari coming down the hill, the fireworks going off. Were you at the wheel of the car at the end, Wayne? Um, was it Eric? No, no, I think it was Eric. I think I started. Um, yes, it was Eric. It was Eric. Yeah. Tell us about tell us about that that day and the the, the event itself and, and and where it's got to. Well, you know, it was Don Panos's um, idea, you know, to start this Petit Le Mans and build it for the fans, and you know, just look at look at the competition now, some what twenty two years later. Um, it was nice uh, winning the inaugural one, and I think I might have told you that. In practice, the first day, Don Panos came walking past my car and he looked at the Ferrari, the Ferrari and he said to me, your car's got the engine in the wrong side. I said, well, where should it have been? He said, up front. And, uh, you know, that happened that weekend. So it was, um, it was a great race. Um, and, you know, I'm just thankful that I was able to get that first, that first win here. And, and in a Ferrari. And you know what? The following year, he went and won it with the car with an engine in the front. I mean, he had such a vision. I know Don Panos was a special guy. He had a lot of weird ideas and stuff, but um, some of them came off. Some, some of them didn't, but some of them did. We're still doing it, Win. We're still doing it. Part of work, mate. Thank you for talking to us, Win, as ever. Pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Wayne Taylor and Joe Bradley. I feel a series of programmes coming on. To be honest, Wayne very generous with his time right in the middle of this battle for the championship, which continues to be so tight. Two twenty-two to go, two hours and twenty-two to go on a beautiful evening. Not a cloud in the sky now. It's past sunset by about fifteen minutes. And uh, let's see if we can grab a quick word with Catherine Legg before we go back green in the Gradient NSX. Catherine, um, some of the race so far for the 66. Um, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. It's been eventful, honestly. Um, I think uh, we, we had a difficult car through the, the heat of the day and now we're hoping that that's going to come to us and that this is the time where we can go and uh, show them what we're made of and fight some people. Are you, you seem a little bit kind of, um, what's the word for it, irritated by the situation. Why is that? <laughs> I don't hide it very well. I'd be rubbish at poker, wouldn't I? Um, no, it's just uh, silly little things and, and other people. And people who are laps down hitting other people and it's just... <laughs> You know, some of the driving standards are questionable, honestly, but uh, it is what it is, and maybe I'll drive better angry anyway. Go for it. Thanks, Kat. Thanks. Catherine Legg and Nick Damon. Lights are out on the XM BMW safety car, which uses its hybrid and V8 power to the best effect to pull away from the field. Bit of braking and accelerating going on from Sebastian Bourdais and from Jack Aiken at the head of the field. Two Cadillacs. No team orders, remember they come from different pit boxes, different teams. 
Myshank racing in third with the number 60, Tom Blanc is behind the wheel, then Philippe Albuquerque for the number 10, Connick and Minolta Akkerin needs to get ahead of those cars to win the championship. It's a great restart from Philippe Albuquerque. I think he was already alongside the other Acura even before they got under the Fox Factory Bridge. Did he go through? Not quite as they go down towards turn one. Then a bit of a gap there, almost like a split restart. I'm not sure it was meant to be like that. Darkness falling now. It's seven minutes away from official darkness. And that means anyone who didn't get their night qualification done on Thursday or wasn't pre-qualified cannot be in the car. So you'll have seen some changes going on at the last pit stops there in some of the GTD cars. Um, the Chetelar car, I think only had one driver qualified, didn't it? But that car's had its problems anyway. So, two hours and 19 minutes to go. And now the shape of the car headlights is going to have to help us out. We've got a penalty for the cause of the last incident. And it's the Ferrari... The AF Corsa number 61 clearly making contact and spinning Andy Lally. And so that AF Corsa of Simon Mann, Miguel Molina and James Collado will have to come back through the pit lane, drive through. Top prototypes are heading towards the far end of the circuit. The 0-1, Sebastian Borde. What a day he's had. We'll be discussing in the next couple of hours our nominations between the team members for the BDO Nose Strategy Award our final one of the season could be any of the classes any of the cars it's going to be a tough one to call that because there's been all kinds of the uh, all kinds of strategies being played out as it stands the wheel and Cadillac that would take the championship by 11 points from the number 10 Acura with the BMW 96 points back from the lead that will change several times between now and the chequered flag well it's changed in the last lap not positions but uh, the two Acuras have just exchanged places after the restart Philip Albuquerque has got past Tom Blunkis so he's going to set sail now and try and catch those Cadillacs because right now for the manufacturer championships it's going Cadillac's way and for the Drivers' Championship as well. But places mean points, and points could mean the championship for both manufacturer and teams. It is that close. One place either way could make a difference between the 0-1 and the 1-0. It is a binary affair at the front of the field in terms of the championship battle there. Nice to hear Wayne Taylor not surprising but nice to hear him say it that he's disappointed that the number six Porsche Penske Motorsport 963 isn't in it he, you know I know he wants to win the championship Jeremy but that is the voice of a, a wily old competitor and he he wanted to beat Roger Penske I suspect in a straight fight yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely that's exactly what he was thinking there uh, but it is pretty classy isn't it he, he yeah, he just likes to beat the best. Tell you what, Sebastian Bourdais on a, on a great lap here. Yeah, 
in fact it's the new fastest lap of the race by our race leader Sebastian Bourdais won it 10.917 the first sub 111 lap in this race and that of course is a race lap record because this is the first car that first time these cars and this formula have raced here that is the race lap record for DPI was set in 2019 here at Petit by Felipe Nazar in the Cadillac that was a 1088 and the outright sports car lap record here is a 107 flat in the hugely powerful hugely tired and downforced Peugeot 908 HDI FAP of Christian Clear. that's a 107 zero. I don't think we'll get down to that this year I'll tell you what I'm mightily impressed. Yeah, 9.664 was the fastest lap last year. That was by Cadillac, Bill Bamba. Extraordinary, these cars. And I, I'm, I am excited by what potential is yet to be unlocked by these GTPs and what additional competition might bring... Um, we have the likes of Lamborghini and Alpine. You're looking further down the road, Aston Martin. Very important for Harter Racing that that Aston Martin Valkyrie comes here. And they made it very clear to us, and Nick Damon did the interview with Ian James last week, that the ability for them to race in the... WeatherTech Sports Car Championship was absolutely part of the discussion when they were asking if they could develop the Valkyrie into a hypercar entrant. Four day then, three seconds to the good. Philippe Albuquerque in second. Uh, Jack Aiken in second, sorry. Philippe Albuquerque in third. Philippe Eng. BMW a little bit further back Sheldon von der Linde looking at the back of the Meerschank Tom Blanc was driven Acura, that's the battle for 4th and 5th as they go down the front straight and down towards turn 1 lap times around about the mid low to mid 12s for some of the competitors 11 525 for Sebastian Bordet. He is trying to create a gap here. He is creating a gap. 3.8 seconds. It's gone at the last few laps. It went from 1.4 to 2.6 wow. to 3.0 to 3.8. And uh, Tom Blunkist uh, fall, slipping back in the fourth position behind that second place battle between number 31 and the number 10. As you say, Sheldon van der Linder is knocking on his door, as is uh, Maddie Campbell in that Porsche 963. If they can get the track position, they're going to be looking pretty stout, I think, in this race as well. Uh, and right behind uh, Maddie Campbell is uh, Timon van der Helm in car number five as well, along with Philip Eng and Harry Tinknell. We've seen very good pace from Harry Tinknell earlier in this race. How much of a tail gunner will the 60 accurate play for the 10 for the rest of the race after the let it pass on the last restart? As Dan Fly. I'm not sure they let it past and those two are very much competitors albeit MSR aren't back with 
Acura for next year. They weren't selected by Honda Performance Developments here in the US to, to run the car. So I'm not sure that that is the case at all there. No, it's easy to be sceptical there, certainly, because, uh, I mean, it, it, seems, it just seems a very old decision that uh, Aku wouldn't want to... I, I, I get that uh, Wayne Taylor want, and Andretti want to run two cars, but I, I would have... I, I, one would have thought that getting an, an extra car after a full year of uh, GTP wouldn't have been that much of a problem and, and Maya Shank desperately wanted to run it so uh, there's all sorts of weird weird politics. Politics in racing? No, surely not. How, how much I mean, it's a difficult question to answer because we don't know but how much might the uh, disqualification at Daytona have played into that decision? <laughs> Because yeah. that that's that that yeah, is, is that, corporate. That's at the corporate level, in, isn't it? That, that those decisions it, are made. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah. Japanese co- politics again. Let's put it that way. Let's Jap- leave it at that. Japanese company, the company honour, all know, that sort of stuff. Okay, if if I'm being honest here, I just cannot believe that that somebody at HBD Acura didn't know what was going on. I'm sorry, but that's. I know they say that's not the case, but I have a really hard time believing it because there's so much information that is now available, not only to the team, but the manufacturer and IMSA as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was HPT that came forward with the information, wasn't it? Indeed. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying that to support or or question uh, what Jeremy's saying. Uh, let's go down to Nick Damon before we get the next piece of action and uh, speak to the Geordie giant that is Matt Bell. Uh, the recently relieved Matt Bell, who's, uh, who's run back from a, uh, a bathroom break to talk to us. Uh, so, currently third in the class. Um, is it just on rotation or do you have the pace to actually get them from? Um... I think pretty much everyone is on more or less the same strategy plan now so yeah it's going to be the pace that wins it uh, we definitely want to try and take it to the to the Riley guys and the JR3 guys so uh, yeah let's see what this race brings I've been hearing from the GTP cars that they can't overtake each other I take it that's not actually an issue with the, uh, the, the P3s you can't get past each other on the track uh, it's actually it is one of the trickiest circuits to overtake around here so but we have a little bit of uh, differences in the Ligiers and Duquesne's uh, strengths are in different areas of the track so uh, I certainly hope I can overtake some people. So, so you'll be in for the end then? You've got the, the glory night run? Uh, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. yeah, I hope I had enough carrots today. And do you have nice fresh tyres as well? I uh, will do, yeah. So we've got some good tyres to the end. Great stuff, thanks, Matt. Cheers, thanks. Has a Reese car served as penalty, number ah. 62 car? What was uh, that? Uh, there was a 61 car, actually. Oh, 61, was, was it? I beg your Of course, yeah. Car. Yeah, I called it as the 62 ah, when it happened yeah, yeah, and then yeah, had to put it at that right. Yeah, Unfortunately, right. race control actually saw the right car and didn't listen to me. Why would they? <laughs> in fairness. Um, so that 62 racing car in fourth position. Let's run down the GTDs. We haven't spoken about them for a little while. VP Racing uh, in competition update. Garrett Grist in LMP3 leads from Philippe Fraga and the AWA car, so that's 30, 74 and 73, and the Iron Dames have gone off at turn one. So I tried to get that in 
before anything happens. VP update uh, has rejoined. Looks to be pretty straight in that car at the moment. Who is driving? This is the 83 car. Yes, it is in the darkness. Yeah, Dorian Pan. It is Dorian who... It's a rare mistake by the French driver. Uh, GTD Pro led by Jordan Prepper and Iron Lynx, the team car. Yeah, just... Uh, Overcooked turn one, nice four-wheel drift onto the grass, lift, lifted off, let the car come back to her. Actually, that's a pretty stout bit of driving. Yeah, again, Jeremy Singh, you make a mistake, don't come bounder, didn't jump on the brakes, didn't do too much steering, didn't let the car settle itself down. Very nicely done, Dorian. John Pepper leading uh, is the best of the GTs and therefore leads GTD Pro. 19th position for the number 63 Iron Lynx. Lamborghini by about six seconds from Team Court off in second, but that is the leader of GTD. Dan Alex Ribeiras is the next GTD Pro for Harter Racing, the 23. Thomas Merrill, the Turner Motorsport, number 97 car, second in GTD next up. Then two GTD Pros, that's Patrick Pelier of Faf Motorsport having a bas battle with Daniel Serra for Risi Competizione. That is 9 and 62. And in the top Finishing off the top four in GTD. Good at Jeanette for Eatall Racing, who is half a second ahead of Marco Sorensen for Heart of Racing, number 27, Nick Taman. With, uh, with Mikael Greiner out the 32, currently leading uh, with your Mercedes. I could ask you how it's going. It's pretty obvious it's going very well. Yeah, we've had a good race so far. Um, there was a safety car um, now, and we didn't box because we want to score points in five minutes for the Endurance Championship. So we will cycle back, but uh, yeah, most important is that we try to win the championship tonight. Will those points be enough, or will you still need a good finish in the overall race? I, I'm not sure where we will cycle back with all the strategies going on, but uh, I think if we score points now in around five minutes, then we are in good shape to win the Endurance Cup. So, so you, in a way, you're sacrificing the overall race for the Endurance Cup. Yeah, it's a bit, uh, <laughs> bit annoying, but we have to do it because there's a point every four hours. So a four, and then uh, now in around five minutes, so we want to score points there. Looking to those final two hours, obviously you're going to have a lot of traffic to get past and move forward. Is it easy to get past with these cars? We've been hearing actually it's quite tricky with, with a number of the machines to pass. Yeah, yeah we're, I mean, with the MG, we, it's a really good car, but we're missing straight line speed a little bit, uh, so it's difficult to overtake. It's really only turn one here and uh, turn ten. Uh, we also have to manage the GTP coming really quickly at night. It's not easy. We don't see much uh, in the mirrors, but it's the same for everyone. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. And GTD Pro being led by the 63 Lamborghini. Uh, Jordan Pepper at the wheel. Mirko Bortolotti is sitting watching. Mirko, you guys are leading, but only six seconds. It's cracking for us. What's it like for you? Yeah, it's been a great race so far for us. It's uh, still a bit more than two hours to go, so I'm getting ready to jump back in. And uh, yeah, it's been a tremendous uh, recovery uh, from basically last position on the grid after what happened yesterday. But uh, so far, so good. I mean, we are really happy with how the race is going at the moment. But we all know that can change really quickly in IMSA. So we will need, we will need to be uh, up for it in the last two hours, make the right calls. And uh, yeah, we are ready to fight. Mirko, we know about the limited tyre sets and the limited tyre allocation. And we've seen teams putting on scrubbed rubber. Um, do you, have, as a driver, are you told by the team where you are with regards to tyre wear and what tyres they're giving you? 
I didn't get the last part of your question. Uh, is the, does the engineer tell you what condition the tyres are in when he gives you them? Um, yeah, well, we planned it in a way that uh, obviously um, we try to have the, the, the best tyre in the best, you know, in a crucial part of the race. And um, obviously we prepared the weekend in a way that, uh, you know, especially when you get into colder temperatures, we, ha we have a, a scrapped set of tyres. So it's actually making life easier for the drivers on the outlap. Um, from that on, looking, looking forward to the last uh, two stints now. Great stuff, thanks. Another position gained. That's two in the last couple or three laps for Matt Campbell in the Porsche Penske Motorsport 963. The number seven, having dealt with Sheldon von der Linde in the BMW, has now dealt with Tom Blomqvist as well. Up to fourth position, outside chance of the championship, but really relying on other people to have some uh, ill fortune. Yeah, right now, Johnny, I mean, he's behind the, the, the two main protagonists that he's fighting against number 31 number 10 uh, uh, and they're in the order now 31 10 and 7 so uh, he wouldn't gain any ground on those two uh, and he's behind them currently in the points table but not by very much as you suggest ah, there's all sorts of things have happened already uh, in this race to suggest that everything will go <laughs> cleanly all the way to the end I think would be a fool's errand Tom Blomqvist, Sheldon van der Linde, Timon van der Helm and Philip Eng come down in a lighted train. Tom Blomqvist is really struggling again. Yeah. And what's going on with that? Did they put a scrub set on that car? Or was it an older set? Not sure. Jumping the restart for Ferrari. The 0-23. That's the... Uh, the car. I, want, I always want to call that the Tifosi uh, Ferrari Triazi. It is. Obvious reasons. And that will be another drive through for that car. Seb Prio has been installed in AO Porsche. Got a Jeanette getting out of that car. Yeah, Morte, a, sorry, Jeremy. They've had a really good run. Yeah. Uh, best of the. Uh, Porsches in GTD at least uh, the FAF car is ahead of them but uh, otherwise they've been running really really strongly side by side again down to turn 10 that great overtaking manoeuvre and it's Tom Blomqvist defending from Sheldon von der Linde in the BMW von der Linde tries to get up the inside so he could take the racing line at the final corner has to drop back just a tiny bit down towards turn 1 that's quite a bit of coasting going into turn one for the BMW. They're still racing, but they're doing 12s and 13s over the kerb for Blomqvist. Just got out of shape in the Myshank Acura. Yeah. He's, he's pushing hard, is Tom Blomqvist. He's, he's doing his best, but I'm not sure the car is uh, is playing ball with him. I completely agree, John. Yeah, he's really struggling out there. And uh, yeah, the, the BMW behind him just unable to find a way past him he's, he's, no doubt he's faster uh, as he is right behind Sheldon van der Linde Timon van der Holm Philip Eng and Harry Tinknell there's a big long train there of uh, one, two, three, four, five cars um, or four of them lined up behind Tom Blomqvist and uh, you know, he's doing the best he can Blomqvist but uh, as is 
van der Linde, but he's not getting quite close enough to be able to where he can move. Is he going to dive to the inside here at turn 10? That's a, his opportunity. Gets down the inside, and that's where the pass was made by Matt Campbell three or four laps ago, and it is repeated by the BMW driver. Very impressive indeed from Matt Campbell, by the way. He's set off in hot pursuit of Philippe Albuquerque, who is right up the tailpipes now of Jack Aiken, just three quarters of a second there between those two. We're into the last 120 minutes on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels, bringing the audio live and free around the world. No interruptions on the World TV feed. That's via IMSA.TV. In the US, if you're not listening online, you can be on XM207 and round the circuit here at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. It's 98.1, our FM frequency. <laughs> 